Johnny, euphonic. This is the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. Harmon on a blitz. Goff throws it to the right. Gilmore's there. Intercepted at the four. Harmon forced the pick, and Gilmore comes up with it. The Patriots pregame show is the world's largest virtual tailgate. Featuring fans of the six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Brady on her center, gives to Michelle, runs it left, a dog to the end zone. Touchdown Patriots! Michelle for six. That's the offense I know. That's the offense we love. Hardy, Paul Perillo, and Mike Dassault are here to do the grilling as your host. This week, the Patriots are on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. James White, touch it up to the right arm, touch it upfield, driving forward, diving to the goal line! A touchdown! And a title for the Patriots! I can't believe it! Hardy, Paul Perillo, and Mike Dassault are here to get you ready for the game. It's football time, fellas. Let's get into it. Now, live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, Patriots Nation. Welcome to the Patriots pregame show presented by Duncan. And so it begins. The uh, Wow, that's loud. Uh, Patriots pregame show fueled by Duncan. It's uh, Hardy, Paul Perillo, Mike Dussault, the Mats, Marine Matt, our fearless leader, along with Matt LePan and everyone else involved in the show. Thanks for uh, being with us here as we get ready for some Thursday night football here tonight. Uh, Mike Dussault, let me ask you first, what time do you normally go to bed? Uh, 10. 10-ish. Paul yeah, Perillo? Sounds, sounds pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I might doze off around 10.30 or so. And what time do you think you'll be going to bed tonight? 2. What time do you think the show's going to end? I think I, 1.30. <laughs> 1.35. 1.35. I, I mean, but... I'm staying on campus tonight. Be, yeah. Be quick. Okay, so you can do that, and that's <laughs> great desk. for you. But for, like, the rest of us, I mean, is there a law? I mean, do we have to do things a certain amount of time in a certain way? I mean... You got to give the fans what they want. Can we do part of the show like driving home from the phone? <laughs> can we call in? Sounds dangerous. I know Marine Matt still has to be here, but he's a Marine for crying out loud. Oh yeah, this you know that's Mac- nothing. MacGyver could could uh, set that up, I'm sure. You know. Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's mobile studio. More on that later in the post game, but we got to get through our pregame first, and we'll uh, talk with Kevin Knight from Falcoholics.com. I think it's a Falcon Atlanta Falcon website. I'm not sure. Falcoholics oh, podcast. It's not, it's not about drinking. I don't think so. Well, actually, or if it's drunk a Falcons, Falcons website. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Or mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. could be both. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard, but twenty-eight to thirty. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, been there, done that. Either that, or it's a, a fan site for the uh, musical artist Falco. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> Rock Me Amadeus. I got it. I, 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 the Commissar. I, uh, I was waiting for the second one. I'm like, everybody's got Rock Me Amadeus, but please. <laughs> Come on. I know I'm talking. I've always it. got the second single ready to go. <laughs> I don't I don't besides. I don't care if it's Falco or better than Ezra. I can I the Falco. Maybe he's an ED Falco. I think you just I think you just learned me something there. What? The Commissar? I'm not sure I knew the Commissar was by by Falco. I'm not sure it is either. Is it? There you go. I don't know. That's what we're going with. Until somebody corrects us. I would never tell you, and now I'm going to have to look it up. yeah, Derek Commissar. Yep. Song by Falco. Got it. Yeah, I, you just learned me something. All right. Well, this is fun. That was on the rundown. Okay. Right? So that's a show. That's Five a show. minutes on Falco. <laughs> uh, we're going to do that. So I, can I throw something out there real quick, and then we'll get to you know the, the show. Yeah, the yeah. show and everything. Yeah. yeah. I just want to have a, you know, this can be a, a yes or no answer. You don't have to give me any any thought. But I was listening to my boys, Felger and Mads, today as yeah. I was driving here yeah. Yeah. to do our show. And there was a, a discussion. Oh, 
about trap games. I have I, oh, okay. I have I have a whole th- tra- thing on trap games for us ready to go, but please. Okay. Would you define a trap game before or after and does the the fact that your team won or lost have anything to do with it being a trap game? In the game prior, if you won or lost the game like, prior, no, like like, like so Sundays, you mean? Like okay, let's say we can all agree that the Patriots are coming off a huge win. The Falcons are coming off a huge loss where they got embarrassed. The Patriots have some big games coming up. This would seem to be a soft spot in the middle, short week. Yeah. Kind of trappish, right? Okay, I'm not saying whether or not I'm not telling you whether or not you should say it's a trap yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying if you think it's a trap game, if they win it, does it eliminate the fact that it was a trap game or is it it was a trap game, that, and they responded. They didn't fall into the trap. Yeah. Which, which one, like, which side would you fall on? Um, I just, I just have to do one disclaimer of my SNL. It's just, sure. it's, a, it's a Thursday night game, which is just a little weird to begin with. You know, like usually I think yeah. of a trap game as a crappy team sandwiched in between two huge matchups, and you're looking ahead to. And I right. guess you could say okay, that. Okay, so so if that happens. And your team wins it. Is it still a trap game? But you responded, it didn't fall into the trap, or is it no, not a trap game because you won? I don't think it's a trap game. I, I mean, it's it's a different Patriots team. Can I get specific on it though? I, I just you, you, I don't think you, this you're is thinking a trap about game. this too much. I don't think forget it's the okay. Patriots. No well, let's, let's call this a widget game. Forget the Patriots. The widgets are coming off a huge win, yep. and they're playing a bad team this week with another good team. With another good team coming up next, next week. Game. Forget the Patriots. Forget Atlanta and New England. Your team coming off a big emotional win, getting ready in two weeks to play another big game, and in between there's a bad team you're playing. Is that a trap game? Yeah. If you win, is it no longer a trap game, or is it just you you, you did a good job of not falling into the trap? Yeah, B, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Okay. And Felger and Maz also agree with us. For some reason, Who doesn't Jim, agree? <laughs> Jim Murray says that it's only a trap game if you lose. I have a, <laughs> I have a wrinkle to add to this. Retro. And I am not I, I'm not being facetious or exaggerating when I say I think we can talk about this for a half an hour <laughs> right. later on in the show. <laughs> and right. I think we will. Was that in the rundown? I but I will, <laughs> I will preface all of this by saying says here. <laughs> we are, as Fred Durst would say, in agreeance. Agreeance. Okay. Um, you can identify a trap game before, during, or after. You can win or lose. I agree. Right? I'm with you. These are all made-up things in life. Yeah. And I think this game is is close to a, uh, uh, a prototype for or, or the prime example of a trap game. I will now say at the end of all this, I don't think trap games exist anymore. Because there is so much conversation. Yeah, that's a different argument. And, and you might be right. And I think I am right. Yeah. I, in I, that, I in that there's so much analysis and so much written and so many things that are podcast and broadcast. The, the very notion that the three of us and Melvin, bless his heart, who is at the game tonight. We're going to be talking with him in a minute. In Tennessee or anyone else who can identify the trap game, but somehow Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and everyone else somehow didn't see the trap? Oh, I don't think that you aren't aware that it's a trap game going in, but sometimes it's well, human. Well, then, then it's not really a trap. It's human nature. If you know that it's a trap game, it ceases to be a trap game. I think it's human nature sometimes, you know. I know I know, I know. know. Coach says that this team is good, but look at them. They, they stink in everything. We can beat this team. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, lots more on that later. Lots more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe but the first, whole show. keys to the game. Why did you leave the keys up on the table? You wanted to. 
You've waited all week for it. The whole team's in the locker room right now just listening to this, waiting to hear what you're going to say. Without these keys, the Patriots are destined and doomed to fail. Here are Hardy, Paul, and Mike's keys to the game. Why did I steal your key to the game also? Uh, you have the key to the game. You have the right one. In Atlanta, the Patriots are in their locker room right now listening to Patriots.com, watching us on the lovely video feed that uh, accompanies this show. And uh, we will now give you gentlemen the keys to success and victory tonight at, against the Falcons. Starting with you, Mike Dussault, the most important of the keys is... Yeah, take away Kyle Pitts. That's all, uh, that's all I got for you tonight. There's plenty I could say about playing just a clean game, not making mistakes on a Thursday night on a short week. I think you know maybe the team that plays cleaner will, will be the most likely to win. But I just think Kyle Pitts is, is their, their number one weapon. He's the only guy that's healthy. They go to him all the time. They use him more as a wide receiver. He's a big dude. Um, you know, fourth overall draft pick. I think he's just he's the guy that in big moments you just got to take him away. And I'm sure that they've already figured that out and they've got a full plan for him. But when you look at this team, I, I respect, you know, Matt Ryan as a quarterback. Certainly he could get going and get hot tonight and complete some passes. But I just don't see the, the, the Falcons being able to have success if they take Kyle Pitts out of the game like they usually can do, take somebody out of the game. And I think he's the focal point on both sides of the ball. All right, that's uh, excellent key. Paul, what is yours? Yeah, I love Mike's key. Uh, I am going to say, um, and this might be a little window into how I feel about trap games, um, I-, I think you need to protect the football tonight and, and uh, make sure you don't turn it over. Yeah. Don't give Atlanta any um, any easy points. Make them earn it. I think that Mike is right. I think really all they have going for them right now is, is Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts. Um, I think they have a bunch of four <laughs> level receivers, right. not even threes <laughs> and twos and threes. Russell Gage. Um, you know, Russell Gage is about the best they have. Uh, so I don't think these guys have a lot of firepower if you don't help them. So protect the football. Uh, don't make anything easy for Atlanta, Atlanta. Sorry, and you should be able to come away with a victory. It's a good one, Paul, and I think mine, in like yours, is just a good key for any week, and that's win the third downs. Yeah. You saw what it did for you last week. Amazing. And I, I wouldn't, of course you would say this about any game, but I wouldn't say it necessarily about every team. You know, I wouldn't say it about, you know, in hindsight, looking at the Browns and seeing what they did, okay, when they were forced into got to go for it on fourth down situations, and it was ridiculous, right? So, and sometimes it doesn't matter as much. You know, it's like other other teams, it would matter. It's like, ah, you know what? I want to win on third down, but if you're playing, say, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson might be able to make a play or Dak Prescott or some other some other quarterbacks who it's like, you know what, just because you win third down doesn't mean the series is over if you get up in a game and you get them in some tight spots. I think tonight it's important. You saw how may, how easy it made it for you against the Cleveland Browns. You've seen in other wins this year, when you win the third down battle, it's like winning the rebounding battle in an NBA game. It is, I think, the sneaky key to success in a lot of football games. Get off the field when uh, when your defense is out there. Get a stop on third down. Stay on the field by converting on third downs on offense. And uh, that's a, a good, solid key on what could otherwise be a trap game. Trap. Oh, it's a trap. Don't <laughs> let them get it. Went in the third down battle, guys. It's a trap.
Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think their third down performance uh, on offense, you know, they're fourth in the league, converting 46.9%. I, I just, I, I think that's excellent. For a new offense, for a rookie quarterback, and, and that's not just, oh, they've had a few good games with it. I think all year they've they've had some success on third downs. That's That's been one of the most, you know, consistent and impressive things of, of this offense so far. Well, let's uh, let's grab a couple of calls here. Now that we got our keys out of the yeah, way, and uh, real quick, I'm going to do uh, you know my little uh, leaving the room oh. much earlier tonight. Uh, just a, a I think we have a song too. in a couple of minutes, so uh, I, I, I got time for a couple of phone calls. Well, I, <laughs> Mike and I have our thing to talk about while you're out of the room, so that's fine. Trap games. Uh, <laughs> it's it's more sitcom. trap music actually. It's it, trap queen. Although you do, you do like network sitcoms. I do. Yeah. So you're probably going to miss out on this conversation, Ooh. but I I like to keep well, it. You're not going to do that off the top of the show, are you? When you leave the room, okay. Deuce and I are going to have some fun, and we're going to talk about some non-football stuff. Okay. Because you get all upset. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love sitcoms. I am the opposite of getting upset <laughs> when we're not talking about the, the, the football. I'll, actually, I'm going to talk to specifically <laughs> you and Deuce. Get to spend a lot of time together. We do, and I love Deuce. We talk but a I, lot of random stuff. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I haven't had as much time to talk to him, so I need to find out some things from him that ah. you probably already know. Oh, okay. so we'll we'll do that while you're out of the room. Okay, that's all. All right, I appreciate it. Do we still have time to talk to Melvin before we go to our uh, behind the enemy lines guest? All right, I'm going to pull him up right now. Melvin in Tennessee, who is at the game tonight. Melvin, what's going on, buddy? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's going on? Yo! Yep. Uh, I would say it's at least 60, max 60, 40 Patriots fans. It seems like it's going to be a Patriots very uh, heavy fan-based game. So, uh, just knock Atlanta out early. They're, they're not that good, to be honest. Um I, that's the only thing. I'm, that's the only thing that gives me some type of trepidation with any game. You know, you give a team like that. I don't know if you're talking about trap games, but give a bad team a little chance by helping them out. Just don't don't do anything stupid early and kind right. of. That's take Paul's away point. Yeah, the little chance that they got. Yep, so I'm with you, out. Melvin. Yep, and that's I, all I got. I know y'all. I know y'all got some stuff to do. So I'll let y'all go. Melvin, have, have a good time have with fun the game tonight. Buddy. Thanks. We'll do. And I think that's like the thing. If if this you know trap game, whatever. But if they regress tonight, if they go back to the penalties and the mistakes and you know that stuff that that they've done plenty of times earlier in the season, that that's the that's the formula that's going to just derail this hype train that was you know going off the rails this week. That that'll that's what will reset them. And then we're really talking about was this a trap game? Did they not get ready for it? I think you know that that's what I would worry about. Like you said, the mistakes, the penalties right off the bat set the tone. Give Atlanta a chance. Let them, you know, move the ball a little bit because they have moved the ball this year at times. I mean, it's been sporadic, but uh, just don't give this team any any hope. I don't. I don't think that if you get off to a good start, I don't know how competitive this team is going to be if you put them in that, you know, in that position early. Here's something that kind of worries me a little bit about this game tonight, and that is the fact that every team that we th- and we're starting to think that the Patriots could be a good football team. It wasn't too yeah. long ago when they were like, oh, this is just a bad team here, yeah, sitting at two and four. When we were watching that Houston win, uh, I don't mm. think too many of us were thinking, ah, it's, a, it's a good just a good football team. But when you have a win like you did last week and it's just an absolute dominant performance the week before that, you start thinking maybe we've got a good football team here. Yeah. Okay, And maybe some people are already there. Every good team in the league has lost to a team they should not have lost to so far in this season. Yeah, sure. that's, you go that's in happened there. a lot. Yeah. Okay, and I'm not uh, – oh, it happens every season. No, it doesn't. Well, the nope. Patriots have too. Yeah, Miami. Miami. I don't uh, – another thing we can talk about for a half an hour. I'm glad you said that. 
because I, I, I don't count that one. You could, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think losing to a 3-7 and seven team is like losing to a 2-8 and eight team. I, I, I think it's the same. <laughs> Well played. I don't want to get it. I'm dropping the mic. All right. Oh, and he's going to walk out. All right. Let's uh, go behind enemy lines. Here we go. You know the view from New England. We go behind enemy lines. But what about the view from the other side? Well, I'm doing great, even though I miss being there with you guys. And that's why you're our favorite uh, pregame show uh, guest yeah. every year. You guys know you tell everybody that. Time now to go behind enemy lines. My God, it's coming right for us. We now go to uh, Kevin Knight, who is uh, on Twitter at Falcoholic Kevin, uh, editor and writer at The Falcoholic. And he's a host and he produces Falcoholic Live. Joining us now as we go behind enemy lines. Kevin, what's going on? Hey, going good. How are you guys doing tonight? Thanks for being on with this. Um, Thefalcoholic.com, which, by the way, um, we were debating whether or not this was a just a falcon site and i know the answer now because i have researched it but uh or is it a falcons alcohol site or is it for the art the 80s artist falco so why don't you tell us well you know if you check the site uh on april fool's day a couple years ago we actually changed the name to the Flacoholic too so we've had a couple of themes throughout the years but uh, mostly it's uh falcons and you know (laughs) depending on which writer you ask maybe there is a bit of an alcohol (laughs) to it as well but uh yeah mostly falcons well the first banner ad that does pop up is for the wine club when you log on to the the (laughs) falcoholic.com at least it did the first time i logged on to it so it's a bit of both kevin yeah, a little both, a little both, especially this season. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kev, just off the top, uh, i got to ask you um, about Kyle Pitts. Everybody knew he was going to be outstanding. You guys took him fourth overall. You know, just, just ha- what have you seen out of him, his development, just over the course of the season? And, and, you know, how key is he to their attack tonight with, you know, Patterson potentially out uh, along with the other guys that are out? Yeah, I mean, Pitts. Pitts has been as advertised. Uh, he was awesome in training camp. Um, you know, had a little bit of a slow start, which is, of course, not surprising for a rookie tight end. Had those two huge games, uh, you know, one against the Dolphins, who I'm sure you guys are very familiar with. Uh, and, you know, since then, it's been a little quieter. Um, teams have – he's tended to have a big start to games and then sort of uh, fallen off late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because teams figure out that, like you mentioned um, – the Falcons don't really have anyone else to go to right now other than Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, Calvin Ridley's on the NFI, and uh, a lot of their weapons, including Cordell Patterson last week, uh, are, are hurt. So it's basically Kyle Pitts or bust for the offense. Uh, but surprisingly, even with that, Pitts hasn't really been peppered with the number of targets you'd sort of expect considering how limited the Falcons' weapons are outside of him. Uh, Kevin, you're uh, going through the list of games for your picks this week, and you know you mentioned all the upsets and the blowouts and how hard it is to pick. Were you surprised when the line came out on this one? I mean, we're still talking about a rookie uh, quarterback with the Patriots here. They're going on the road in a short week, laying six and a half, seven, I think it was in some points. It, it still seems like a big number for uh, the Patriots, who are now, you know, possess a winning record, but they haven't had one for all that long be laying that kind of points on the road yeah part of it's probably because the Falcons have been really bad at home they haven't won a home game all year um unless you count the Jets game which was in London but you know that's not really at home um 
but uh, it, it's probably that, probably also something to do with the fact that the Falcons lost 43-3 to last week. Uh, probably yeah. also something to do with the Patriots winning 45-7 to last week. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the line's pretty fair um, from that angle. Uh, the Patriots just match up really well with the Falcons, so uh, I, I do think it's, it's a pretty fair line. And, um, you know, this team has tended to keep it close more often than not, uh, but... You know, I wouldn't be shocked if it gets out of hand also based on what we saw last week. We talked a lot about Dean Pease, who was, you know, defensive coordinator here for, for a bunch of years, as well as, you know, the Titans, the Ravens. He's, he's cooked up some problems for the Patriots, uh, you know, offense in the past, the offense he's familiar with. Uh, what have you seen out of, out of Atlanta's defense, and, and what is, you know, Dean Pease kind of putting together there for you guys? I like what Dean Pease is doing. Um, he's, he's really strapped with in my opinion, maybe the least talented defense in the NFL, if not, you know, a bottom five unit. Um, the Falcons did get Dante Fowler last week back off of IR, but he leads the team with two sacks, uh, and, you know, that's basically where the pass rush is. So when you can't rush the passer, a lot of the stuff that DMP likes to do on the back end, rotating safeties, uh, trying to disguise his coverages and throw a lot at quarterbacks, it, it's less effective when you can't get pressure. You know, you can hide hide your single high coverage or which to cover two all you want, but if the quarterback has 10 seconds to get the ball out, uh, it's not going to matter a whole lot. So um, he's pretty limited with what he can do. I think he mentioned either this week or last week that he's only been able to really implement 30% of his playbook because of how limited the team is right now defensively. Um, you know, statistically, other than in points scored, uh, the Falcons defense isn't allowing necessarily a ton of yardage, um, particularly in the passing game, but They've also not played a lot of good offenses. And I think, as we saw against Dallas, when you have an offense that's legitimately a great offense in terms of talent, the skill positions with a great quarterback and a strong offensive line, the Falcons' defense, they just don't have a lot of answers for it. Um, and while the Patriots' offense isn't as star-studded as Dallas's in terms of the skill positions, I mean, I think the Patriots match up well with the Falcons in that they have a really healthy, really good offensive line, um, and they have a really strong running game, which the Falcons – outside of a few games here and there, have really struggled to stop. Uh, Kevin. Kevin Knight is with the Falcoholics, uh, thefalcoholics.com, uh, at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. Uh, you mentioned, Kevin, that when uh, you tweet, you said this on, on your actual Twitter feed, that when you say anything about Matt Ryan, that <laughs> the Falcons fans come at you in full force. I, I, I'm curious as to what they say and what type of things they use to defend Matt Ryan. I think the obvious talent is there, but at some point you just have to look at results. I, I, I wonder how people come at you and what they say when they do. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely two camps, uh, which is Matt Ryan is not the problem and that Matt Ryan is the problem. And, you know, neither camp is correct. I mean, it's, it's more of a systemic issue than one player, and it always sort of is, but, um, you know, it, it's, I was tweeting about uh, how the Falcons, you know, probably will be extending Matt Ryan this offseason, uh, and, you know, it goes back to their decision at four. They yeah. took Kyle Pitts. They did not take Justin Fields or Mac Jones or any of the other available quarterbacks. So, um, you know, they've sort of backed themselves into a corner now with this deal. They had to – their cap is in it was a, a terrible place. Um, Thomas Dimitrov did them no favors when he left town, uh, trying to sort of maximize the roster and win now. Uh so they, they had to basically max restructure Ryan's contract this offseason just to get enough money to sign enough players to, to field a team. Wow. And that is leading to now in 2022, his cap hit will be $48 million. So 
there's uh, not a lot of great ways to deal with that. Uh, one of them would be an extension, which is probably what's going to happen. The other one would be trying to trade Ryan after June 1st, which very difficult to pull off. Um, so, you know, I, I think, and also with this quarterback class being, by all accounts, not great, uh, it's it's probably looking like they're going to stick with Ryan. And based on how Ryan's played when when the team has been sort of healthier and he's had time in the pocket, um, he's been playing some of his best football. So. I don't think it's necessarily the wrong decision at this point to sort of try to maximize your window with Ryan and maybe make a run here in the next couple of years. But um, you have to start winning soon with Ryan. And uh, I, you know, I think we'll, it's hard to sort of look at the pick of Kyle Pitts and be like, that's a bad pick, you know, cause it looks like this might be a hall of fame type of player, but you know, passing on a quarterback at the top, you know, are you going to have a chance to add a player of the caliber of Justin Fields or Mac Jones again, anytime soon? And I just don't know that they will. So, yeah, just organizationally, I think the team is in a, a rough place that you've written about and talked about, too, when it comes to, well, they're, they're not going to – very few teams, as you point out, are going to admit to a rebuilding year. But when you look at the cap situation that the Falcons are in and what they're trying to do personnel-wise, it is kind of a rebuild, but doing it with a bad cap situation and being in a market where fans don't want to hear that. I mean – very few fans do unless it's in a market where they're just kind of used to a perpetual rebuild. <laughs> right. I mean, this isn't Detroit or Detroit or Jacksonville where it seems like those, those teams are just sort of always going through it. And, you know, <laughs> you feel for those guys. But uh, Arthur Blank is not an owner that's willing to sort of say that to the fans. And um, I don't think the plan was for this team to be bad, certainly. And, you know, four and five, they've probably overperformed. Uh, but four and five is far from being a bad team. Um, so, you know, I think they this is always going to be a transitional year for them. This is sort of evaluate the pieces left from the previous regime, see what you want to keep, what you want to change, and then try to go forward. Apparently it's going to be going forward with Matt Ryan, but um, you know they, they've got a lot of decisions to make with a lot of other players. Uh, Deion Jones is a person that could be on the trade block this offseason. Calvin Ridley's status, obviously very much up in the air. Um, before he went on the NFI list, he was not necessarily thriving in this system, so there's a, there's a chance the Falcons maybe try to trade Ridley on his fifth-year option next year to find a player that might fit Arthur Smith's scheme a little bit better. But you know, it's very early in the process, um, and it, we don't you know the Falcons either are going to trade some of these players to get cap space, or they're going to depend almost entirely on the draft to fix the roster, and uh, it's going to be tough either way. So. All right, uh, Kevin, we always ask for a score prediction for the game for our Behind the Enemy Lines uh, guests. So what do you have for tonight? I think uh, the Patriots will win this one. Um, I think the Falcons probably stay in it for most of the game, but I do think the Patriots sort of will grind them down with uh, you know Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both back. I think it's going to end up something like 31-17 to 17 with the Patriots on top. Um, but uh, hopefully it'll be a good game for most of it. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> that's all we want on a late night game like this. When let's right. fa- let's let's face it, our our attention could wane at some point, but we got a two hour post game to think about too. <laughs> so uh, exactly, yeah, Kevin, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter, thefalcoholics dot com. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Yep, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, there thanks, he Kevin. goes. Kevin Knight there with the Falcoholics. It is about the Falcons. Yeah, I'm glad we cleared that up. I, for a second there, I thought we were going to have to ask him a bunch of questions about 80s band, and I don't have that. No, no, no. We don't. And now, look, we got, got people on hold, but we also have a, a song. Paul! Not your dude. It's finally left.
let's let's see it. what else about Pop Touch you guys have. It's fantastic, great song, it's a great rock song. That's a I rock love ballad. it. A little Metallica. I've had a little Metallica vibe in that. A little, little. It's a but it's a little butt rocky too. Yeah, so yeah, I, like I, I dig it. Yeah, good job, man. And Billy Madison passes the third grade in my head. Yes, <laughs> Billy passed the third grade. It's really good. All good, right, good stuff. What I wanted to know from you, dude, is while uh, Paul is out of the room. <laughs> better hurry. I know, just just some of the sitcom people that you worked with. When yeah. you, during your time in L.A., you know, you mentioned one of the yep. producers or showrunners or yeah. something earlier. Chuck Lorre, yeah. Why don't, you give us a, why don't you give us a name? Why don't you yeah. drop a couple of names here that's going to impress me and impress everybody? Well, Chuck, Chuck Lorre was a good one. I mean, he's created a ton of television, <laughs> Two and a Half Men. Um, uh, Mitch Hurwitz worked closely with Mitch Hurwitz, Arrested Development. He was a big one. Um, actors. We need actors. actors. Matthew Perry. Did a lot with Matthew Perry. Matthew we did Perry, the, uh, there we go. The Odd Couple, the Odd Couple remake with him and Thomas Lennon. How was Matthew um, Perry? Uh, he was fine. He's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm legally allowed to say right now. <laughs> Impaired? Uh, uh, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, he, um, he, he he was. It was a it was a tough show just because we kept kind of shooting it, and then they'd air a couple, and then we'd be waiting, and then they oh we're gonna shoot four more. You know, usually get like a full order. Uh, so they kind of strung us along. Um, but but he was fine. You know, it was um, you know it's obviously post friends. Uh, Thomas Lennon. He he's like you, Hardy. He's talented. He can like. Play different instruments. They, you know, they I'm would a big always Thomas Lennon fan. I agree with him. They would always find something he could do, and like, oh, you, you can, you know, he could play like the giant. I don't know, whatever, like the giant bass cello. With the thing, oh, cello, yeah. maybe. And like, oh, let's work work that into the show. I mean, he he could just he could do anything. So um, that was a good one. Who else? Make I mean, Charlie Sheen. Obviously, that that was we had him plenty. Which impaired also. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, my experience with Charlie Sheen was he was completely professional, and and the whole time I was we were kind of working directly with him. He was great, and then we kind of had a breakup, and then he, the Tiger Blood thing happened, and he went crazy. Um, but quick funniest story about him was just that you know he's coming into the office. This is like after all that stuff had happened. This is like you know heart of crazy Charlie Sheen. And a lot of the like, you know, girls assistants that sat out front like, oh, Charlie Sheen's coming in, like, oh, gross. And he comes in and, and he's like, hey, how are you? You know, like just super charming. And like every girl there that was like, ew, was like a little bit swooning by him, even though it was like gross. Well, I, I post Charlie Sheen. I <laughs> imagine that he has that thing that a lot of politicians do and people who hate Bill Clinton or hated George Bush. Once they meet him, they all and they say yeah. the same thing about Trump. It's like, you know what? <laughs> he makes you feel like the most important guy in the room. And I've heard I and I don't know if I heard it as much about Trump, but I certainly <laughs> I, <was gonna> say, <laughs> I certainly yeah, heard it about. Sure, I remember a lot of those about Trump. <laughs> I heard it about both. Fake news back there. <laughs> yeah, both Bush and Clinton, who you know, that, that, you know, back before we thought we were, you know, we knew what division really was. Those two guys divided the country, and people who couldn't stand either one. I've spoken to them both, and they said, great. I couldn't stand them. I met them. Oh, my God, it was the best. <laughs> Just the best. All right, well, good times. Yeah. Paul's back in the room Previated. now. So, so no. I, I have to say that I'm, I thought it was a joke, oh. but, I, but I'm a little hurt. What? That you choose to talk about the fun stuff when I leave. <laughs> I was okay. very brief. Very brief. Do you, know what it, do you want to know what it is? Do you want, the, want me to pull down the fourth wall here? It's just another thing to help kill this two hours. It's a long show, mm. right? So it's another, it's a no, benchmark. But what bit. makes you think that I don't need something to get me through the long show? <laughs> like sitcom talk. Little juice. You Little got juice. to step out of the room for a minute. You yeah, get to talk about this with, with different people. <laughs> <laughs> More of the same. It was, it was uh, indicated during the, the theme song that you don't like to talk about Jaws 2. There's Bill. 
puffy jacket. They're Damien Harris. Uh, uh, I don't like to talk about Jaws two. I, I don't hate Jaws two like like um, most. Now it's no, it's nothing. It's nowhere even close. It's it's bad. It's, no. it's, I'm not trying to tell you it's good. It's not. It's bad. But I think. Well, I but I, reser- I don't hate it like other people. do. I reserve bad for Jaws three. Yes. And Jaws four: The Revenge. Correct. Which is the re- I mean, how can when, anything when be bad plane, when compared to the Jaws? And it's swimming when they're in the plane and they're showing the ocean, and you're supposed to ostensibly think that Jaws is actually swimming down the coast. Yes. I'm sorry. I have to check out there. Right. And I, I like Jaws too. As Hardy would say. <laughs> Drop the pen. <laughs> I, my only thing with Jaws 2, and I watched it not too long ago when we all like have been back in this, and I just it, it's so funny that everyone's like this again, Martin. Right. Really? Like they the make shark? <laughs> like they, they like, make him out to be the crazy. Like he's still crazy from it. Like not that it just happened, and they, they all seem to just have completely forgotten. And what. I agree with that. It's it's bad. <laughs> it's I, bad. I tell you what, I de- what took me the longest time to figure out what was going on from Jaws 2 was we when he comes out of the shark tower. And he's waving his oh, gun yeah. around, yep. and he shoots everything. Yeah. It's bluefish. Like, why are they? As a kid, when I watched, I'm like, why are they then picking up bullets from the sand? He shot the bullets into the water. I didn't understand shells. Did he shells. empty out the the revolver empty and then he shells. did a quick reload to get a few more bluefish? <laughs> I got. I grew up in Michigan, <laughs> around a lot of guns, but not so many that I understood the difference between well, shells. Shooting fish is a whole other level too. Help I mean, me out, Marine. Well, shells and actual projectiles. Did you ever shoot environmental a fish? cleanup party? Come on. Yeah. What? I never shoot a fish. <laughs> never shoot a area. fish. I never shot a fish. Uh, <laughs> so what what um, sitcom were you talking about? He was just, just asking, asking some of the uh, yeah. He was asking for some of the the big the, the guys big, that the big cheesies that the big I, names that, I, that, that left a mark patches. on. Yeah, things. I just want to know the big names that he worked with. That's all. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Couple. Great. Grant. Give now we can. <laughs> now he can. What's that from? I know it's engraved in my head, but why don't Billy work? Madison? I think. Oh, right. Yeah, Good. Billy Madison. Right. Good. Great. Grant. Uh, it's, cri- it's never seen it. Wow. I know. I know. It's rare that. Paulie's left speechless. Even so that's Chris Farley and Billy Madison. Yeah, that, uh, Adam Sandler momentarily. I Driving like Adam Sandler in in a number of things, but you. like the Billy Madison Water Boy, even like Happy, Happy Gilmore as a golf guy. I'm like, I just, you know what, Deuce? It's, it's a whole vibe. Adam I don't Sandler. think th- I don't think they're very good movies. I I, I get the sense of, of watching they're them. They're not. Well, no, no, no. Like, <sighs> but they're hilarious. Like Grown Ups is a is like a ridiculously foul and completely over the top farce but it's still a well-made movie i look at grown-ups and i'm like is this an actual like this have money behind it yeah. like Wait, they actually have people on the set what, grown-ups it was it was later i never saw it i mean i know what it is but it's, it's like Sandler all those guys and that Chris whole Rock crew and, and that, their yeah, Wait, grown-ups i saw but what's yeah. the, what's a complete farce and over the top but it was well-made Oh, uh, uh, Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Oh. I think you said. Oh. I think you said Grown Ups. I love that. Oh, okay. I love that. Step movie. Brothers is like a well-made movie. I watched some of these other Adam Sandler movies. They just look cheap. Yeah. They feel cheap. The scripts obviously not enough people got their hands on. They just said that's funny. Go with that. It's like no, not really. Yeah. They all have moments. Yeah. Grown Ups. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's worth watching just to it's sort of not. shut your brain off. But it's I, not. But it's not like I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan. Let me tell you but why. Billy Madison is hilarious. Let me tell you what what is most offensive to me about Grown Ups. When someone says something funny, all the other characters in the scene laugh to let you know as an audience member yeah. something funny like just happened. There you go. That's 
horrific. Don't be so highbrow. No. I'm not highbrow. I just told you how much I love Step Brothers. You like sitcoms. You like the laugh track in sitcoms, right? Yeah, I do. Hmm? Because sometimes you need to know when to yeah. laugh in a sitcom. Um, You're not a very tolerant a, person. <laughs> I had a random interaction with Adam Sandler when I lived in California. If, if you want to touch on those a little bit. Random, like he just came into an ice cream shop in Malibu when I was there with my kids. Yeah. And, and there's just people lining up outside to meet him. I had a Patriots hat on, of course. And uh, he's like, hey, are you a Patriots fan? Or, you know, asked me a little bit. And it was just, you know, stupid little encounter with him. And then he snuck out the back way with his kids in, in Malibu in this ice cream place. So that also tells me that this whole notion that stars can be stars in L.A. without people bothering them is nonsense. No, and he, he was like, hey, buddy, can I sneak out the back? And, you know, like, like this is Captain's all. I mean, you just people all gathering up. I didn't I didn't bug him, but yeah, I he guess came it, up to me. And, and I hear that about New York, too. I'm, I am not a fan of New York. I do not want wish to go into the city for a weekend at any point. It uh, means <laughs> nothing to me. But Very small they, doses for me. They say that about New York. Like, you can be Robert De Niro and walk down the street in New York and people and no will not bother, bother you. you. But I guess not in L.A.? Not Paul Perillo, though. If you go down Paul I've Perillo, done it. Don't try to walk through Patriot Place with Paul Perillo. You'll never get where you need to go. You're just doing pictures. He's not lying. Signing. Do we have to break? All right. Ken, Patty, Brandon, just hold on. It's so BRB. brief. BRB. You won't even believe it's a break, and we'll get to you as soon as we return. TouchView Interactive is here to support your hybrid learning, distance learning, and video conferencing needs with easy-to-use tools that allow end users to collaborate, interact, and present seamlessly. TouchView Interactive offers a comprehensive line of accessories and software to support your audiovisual needs. Outfit your classrooms and presentation spaces with the future of interactive display technology. Visit touchview.com for more info. Offered by The Oker's Company. Celebrating 100 years of service and support. According to AWS Next Gen Stats, Lockett had a 25.9% chance to catch that. What a play! AWS, you can stat that. King's right, 2Y banana, alert diamond. Stat that. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. Like, you don't understand, like, you know, what sports... It, yes, you understand. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. Hold on, I popped my headphones right here. I know, I know. My really nice... Uh, the end of that break uh, sneak up on you? Bose headphones. <laughs> Here it did. Bose, by the way, proud to be the official sound and official headphones of the New England Patriots and the NFL. Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. Rule the quiet. Learn more at Bose.com. To the phones we go, 855-PATS-500. Emails also, webradiopatriots.com. Ken in the Navy, what's going up? Too long. The break was too long for him. <laughs> Good job, Hardy. You know Fred's <laughs> listening, too. Yeah. Fred had like back-to-backers the other day, Tuesday. Oh, thank you for telling me that, because otherwise I would not have known. Thank you. I, I told him, nice job, Hardy, both times. Good. That's fine. Probably they be there That's for life. Patty in Agawam. He's always there. What's up, Patty? Ken's coming back. Yeah. Mike, what do you know about Metallica? Ah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, me too. It's good stuff. So um, I got a couple keys to the game, and uh, to me, key number one is, 
pound the ball with Damian Harris. I think we're going to see a lot of him tonight, not so much for Andre Stevenson off of, coming off of a uh, short week. And also, I think that'll set up the play action. I think we could throw on this team. And, um, you know, forget about Kyle Pitts. I, I think the uh, – I can't think of the dude's name, but the right tackle for the Falcons is not good. And I think if, you know, just coming after him with four or five guys should do the job. Let's get after, let's get after these guys. I was cute during the week and said I, I picked the Pats to win 34 to 28 in overtime, but really I, I see this game more of like maybe like a 28 or 31 to 10 game. I don't think the Falcons have much fight in them, um, aside from Pitts and Ryan and uh, Grady Jarrett. They don't have much talent on yep. this team. Yeah, I, a lot of predictions are going along those lines. And thanks for the uh, thanks for the call, Pat. The uh, the notion that it's going to be a 30 something game for the Patriots, something in the you know, low tens, teens, maybe for the Falcons. I just, I don't want to get too far away from the place where we all were two, three weeks ago, which yeah. was where we're not penciling any wins for any teams. And I get it; the Falcons are bad, and they haven't won at home. And I, I get all that, and I understand all that. It's still a short week with a rookie quarterback, right? And we're still dealing with with a rookie quarterback that at some point, you almost kind of expect them to to have a, a rookie letdown game, and maybe. You know, uh, it's not necessarily a plateau or an ascension, but, uh, you know, these guys who have – he's never played on a short week. Yeah. You know, Matt Jones has never had a short week no. in his life. And, no. and I mean, oh, and so should we be worried about the next game? Because he's never had a long week either. <laughs> What's he going to get kid. into this week? I kid because I care. He's still uh, he's still mad about uh, the fun time while Paul right. leaves the room. We'll, we'll I kid because I care. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think that yes, we should. Okay, <laughs> I would not be surprised tonight to see to see Mac Jones kind of struggling to read the field a little bit with you know DMPs and and that's what Josh and and Bill both talked about this week of you know you see one thing pre-snap and and then it changes post-snap. I mean, he, he has seen some of that before, but I think DMPs has a pretty good feel of what the Patriots like to do and is is unpredictable. That was kind of the 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 thing I took from Bill and and Josh this week of. You never know what you're going to get with Dean Pease's defense. Now, he doesn't have a lot of pieces to play with, as as our guest Kevin said. But I, I think he's going to spin the dial a little bit and challenge Mac Jones post-snap to, to read and decipher what they're doing. So, for me, I think if tonight is to be the game that you know some people are predicting it's 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 on the defense right i mean that this is it they're coming on everybody's feeling great you know they're they're i mean they were excellent last week they're playing in sync barmore judon like i said the hype train is going hightower and van noy they're rounding into form everything's coming together you know so if that's all true tonight you got to really turn the screws on this Atlanta offense and and shut them down and give Mac the opportunity to work through some things. If if he has a little bit of a slow start, maybe we get another pick six or an interception or fumble that sets up the Patriots with some good field position that they're then able to capitalize on. But I, I think if this is to be the kind of game you need, your that kind of game you need the defense to step up, lead the way. Don't give the Falcons any hope. Come out, play, pick up where you left off last week, get all over it, win the line of scrimmage, and, and let them know they got no chance tonight. Yeah, and along those lines, because it's a short week and the Patriots had very little practice time, you're basically going in with the most basic game plan that you've had all year. You know, it's basically what you do well and you're assuming the other team is going to be doing what they've been doing all year because there's not enough time to, you know, sort of get that whole game plan together. You get in on Tuesday, you you go out on Wednesday, you implement the game plan, then you have three days to work on it and then get ready for the game. There's no time for that. There's walkthroughs this week. 
and that's really it. So to Mike's point, like maybe if if Mac's not reading the the field as well, um, that that would be an indication that a lot of what's happening from week to week is is happening during the week in practice, mm-hmm. and he's been able to implement it in games because because he's so prepared. Um, I think that. I think Atlanta is just not good enough to really do anything about it, and I think the Patriots will be fine yeah. tonight. But if some of those things happen, you know that that's the, the short week thing. Then that Hardy, you're very uh, concerned about because Max never played in a short week. I'm just saying that no. <sighs> he has played in the stadium, though. He has he? SEC championship. Okay, oh. okay. You know right. what I'm you know what I'm trying to say, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say I it do. anyway. I do. All right. I Before you saying. go predict, predicting blowout wins for the Patriots. Let's just remember that this was a team a couple of weeks ago where we wouldn't pencil in a, pencil in a I'm not win penciling, against I'm not penciling in wins against anybody. Fred and I are in agreement. Okay. Uh, who said that? Fred Durst. Fred Another Durst. Fred. <laughs> yes, as Fred Durst said, Fred Kirsch and I are in agreement. No penciling in wins for the Patriots. But also, it's a rookie quarterback still who is like the, all this is is still relatively new to him. And you mentioned like. You know, what's Dean Pease going to dial up for him? Is, yep. it, is it possible that they show him something that he doesn't handle well because he's seen it for the first time ever? I would, I would say it's not only possible, it's likely. doesn't mean it's going to be tonight, but it's going to happen, and the Patriots will almost certainly lose a game to a team they should not lose to. More on that coming up in a moment. We touched on it briefly again. earlier. Teasing. But they could lose again to a team that they shouldn't lose. I agree with you. That's not the same because of when it happened. Thank you. All right. Ken in the Navy, you're actually here this time. What's up, Ken? I am a fine Navy evening to you all. Ahoy, Paloy. Ahoy, Paloy. I I call in for another question for Deuce. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I got to say, I'm so sorry Paul missed that because I. It actually was a really, really interesting conversation you and you and Deuce had. Uh, He's heard all those. Don't, don't worry. Don't, don't do that. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I'll, I'm going to make them repeat it all while we're watching the first quarter. There you go. Now, Deuce, I, I really admire your pivot in your career. I didn't realize you were that involved in Hollywood. <laughs> Kudos to you. That's, that's a really hard thing to pull off. Yeah, I'm the only I, one that has nothing else going on in life. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was lucky. I got in with a production company, and uh, you know, was able to do stuff there. And I was blogging the Patriots on the side while I was working that. So it was it was a lot of fun out there. But but I'm much more happy here with these wonderful folks. <laughs> <laughs> and and also going with the Hollywood like uh, no shave here for a couple days. Oh, I like that. Like? That's a new look for Deuce. Yeah. You've, you've aged well on the show, Deuce. I gotta <laughs> say, now I get to see you on camera. You've got you Going to the Paul, more mature uh, Patriots uh, writer. Yeah, I know. I got a haircut today. He's a good, look, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine you had something else, Ken, because you are fella. you are on hold long before any of that other stuff took <laughs> Nobody place. Nobody holds that long just to ask Deuce a question. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I was going to say, I, I noticed Ted Karras has been our starting guard for the last couple of games. Nope. You think he's part of the best five uh, with a winning kind of in the fifth locker, or Oof. do you think that's that's some kind of strategy by uh, Bill. Hard to say. Reason. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, I I, I think Onwenu was good at right tackle when they put him in, um, but I think Teddy K. I was just impressed with him, and I, I you know, and I, I think we were kind of hard on Teddy K. when he had to fill in, uh, you know, in 2019, and you know, saying he wasn't quite as athletic or whatever as David Andrews. But I I, I just think that those guys work really well in sync together, and that's what stood out to me in rewatching that game from last week was just how when. Karras, Andrews, and Mason, uh, you know, work together on a lot of those screen passes. 
getting out into space. Uh, you know, a couple times, Andrews, I know that a couple of videos that made the rounds on the internet of, of him, you know, blocking two guys on a screen pass. But Teddy K playing tough. I mean, I think it was Judon this week. They asked him about, and he brought up Teddy K, just his toughness and, and you know, what he kind of brings to it. So it is a tough question because I think on when he's really promising and he's a young guy and he certainly has a future on the offensive line and it kills you to not play him. But uh, it's hard to say because Trent Brown looked so dominant last week and you just that's a whole nother level of play if he can continue that. So I understand the dilemma a little bit I, and I'm sure on when going to continue to get involved. But it is a little strange, uh, you know, to see Teddy K in there and, and, and when you ride in the pine. All right, Ken, we appreciate it. Hey, guys, before, I'll take it off air. But you get, we're getting closer to game time. You guys still feeling my 19-12 scoreline? I think something in that. that I, I said 20-10. to 10. I mean, I was in that kind of range of – I don't think it's an offensive explosion for the Patriots. I think there's going to be some, some struggles. There'll, there'll be some weirdness to this game. I think there almost always is on Thursday nights. All right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, let's continue with the calls here. We'll go to Brandon, who is in Springfield. Brandon, you're on the Patriots uh, pregame show, Fueled by Duncan. What's up, Brandon? Brandon. Brandon. Brandon in Springfield, Massachusetts. Not there. We'll go to Rob in Australia instead. Rob, hello. What's going on, buddy? Evening, boys. How are you? Really good. Good, good day, mate. Hey, um, <laughs> Every time. I just had uh, <clears throat> two things. I wanted to ask a question and just a comment. The, the question that I had for you guys, and this might be for Mike because it's a sneaky negative question. Uh, watching the game last week, were they a bit off pace on first and second down? I mean, Hardy, you said the third down conversion is a big key to this game, but they had a lot of third and longs last yep. week that they converted, which is great. But, yep. you know, did they have a lot of one-yard, two-yard runs on yeah. first and second so, down? Yep. You're asking is maybe did they sneaky not run the ball as well as people think they uh, did last week? Yep. Yep. I, I, yeah. see, I, I thought Stevenson was unbelievable in the game. I don't think they blasted holes open for him. No. Pick, and I think they picked it up too. I, think, I mean, I think it was a slow start. When a little the game bit. was over, yeah, then they, then they kind of they bludgeoned them because they took the will away. Now, yeah. but you got to talk I, about I, that first down, yeah, right? No. I, and I think that that's part of it. You take the will away from a team by the body blows. That's part of it. So you, you do that. So hopefully you have a lead in the second half, and they don't want to tackle anymore. And I and I know um, yeah. some people were talking about the safety for the Browns, John Johnson, the third. Um, <laughs> Looked like he was disinterested. Yeah. You know, and he's a good player. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, whatever it was at the time, 24, 31 to 7. You know what? I'm going to take a bad angle here. I heard um, Christian Fourier talking about that yeah. a little bit um, during the course of the week. You know, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to get there a step late here. He's already going to be in the end zone. I'm not going to take that hit. And I think that's part of those body blows that, that they accumulate over the course of the game. But yeah, you're right. They had a lot of third and longs early in the game. Yep. That's a good nitpick. All right. And the comment that I had for you guys is I'm going to try and call you after the show, but if I don't, happy Thanksgiving to you guys back in the States, to well, you and your family. I appreciate oh, thanks, that, you point. too, but definitely call us postgame. Yeah. We're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put another. I don't know what, time it, what day or time it is in Australia right now. <sighs> it's probably like Monday. I don't even know. <sighs> it's springtime. <laughs> You're right, guy? Right. It's springtime in Australia. Uh, okay. That just blew your mind, huh? Yeah. Upside down. You knew that. Uh, yeah, if I thought about it, but I didn't think about it. The toilet swirl goes the other the way. The other way. That I knew. That's all nonsense. <laughs> What's that now? Should have it's it. nonsense. I'm no, test it. no it, it truly is. It has more to do with the do what direction the water is coming from than anything else. Oh, 
Well, I'm glad we dispelled that. All right. Quality potty is not a joke. <clears throat> Let's try. I don't know how this is going to go. Spee and Fresno. Spee, you're on uh, the uh, Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan. Hello, Spee. Gobble, gobble, gobble. How you guys doing? Hey, Spee. It's a little early for that. Yeah. I know. Uh, Mike, the, the good great grand thing. Yeah, it's Madison, but. Yeah. It's just ingrained in my head. I say it automatically, but I don't know where it came from. It's I one said of those Billy things. Madison. No, no, I know you, you that's I had to here, ask. Before you got onto the show, it was they, they used to always start off, somebody would call in and just go, good, great, grand. Um, yeah. Fred would say good, Andy would say great, and I would say grand. <laughs> and we're, we're sophomoric morons. What do you want us to do? Yeah, well, it <laughs> happened here on this show once, and you were like, good. And I'm like, oh, I just, I, where did that come from? That was, that's why I had to ask you. I, I just was instinct. <laughs> uh, Cordero Patterson out for tonight, by the way. Oh. Oh, my God. It's going to be a bloodbath. You're going to have like 120 yards from rushing from the Patriots, and it's, uh, and it's over. It's like when you're done, you go home. It's going to be, it's going to be out. Um, when you're done, you go home. But, uh, I, I had a I had a, a Mac Jones thing. So, like I, I said last week, he could probably categorize his amazing performance as a bit of an outlier coming off what we were kind of calling somewhat plateau stuff. Um, but I, I think I kind of I kind of stick by that. Good outlier games are probably more indicative of who a player is, especially a quarterback, than bad outlier games tend to be. But I can't help but waiting for the other shoe to drop still. And Hardy was just kind of saying this a little. I'm, I'm almost, I'm just waiting for Mac to have that rookie poops himself game. I don't know. Do you guys feel that way? I don't know if it's a, if it's a, a full on like goes down his leg because I think what the what the coach has been really good at is not allowing him to have one of those games. You know, if it looks like maybe he doesn't have it in a certain game, maybe only attempts five passes in the second half like he did two weeks ago you know maybe they don't allow him, to, him yeah, yeah. To, to get himself into that into that trouble now does that mean he can't throw two picks on his first three attempts in a game to me that would that would still qualify as speed but i think they are and protective makes it sound like he's not up to the task and it's not it's not a very complimentary word toward mac but for lack of a better one i'll use it i think the coaches are too protective of him to let him go out there and completely soil himself yeah. over the course of 60 minutes like we've seen you know we've seen it with Zach Wilson you know we've seen it with other quarterbacks and i just i don't think that's in the cards the full meltdown game where he just doesn't have it mm-hmm. but he keeps chucking it anyway i just i don't i don't see yeah. that from a, a organization Excuse me, an organizational standpoint, that going down like that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I could see it just, just because I think it happens to every quarterback, you know, and they get, they get popped a couple times in the first possession, and you know, even Brady, it happened with him. You know, the clock gets messed up, and we saw it a few weeks ago with Mac, where even though they won, it wasn't, you know, all on time as it was last week. So I know I'm trying not to like get too. Uh, nervous that like can he can he continue that pace can he play that way you know for the rest of the, for the rest of the season um, but I, I I just overall have been impressed with him if those games happen it happens I, I just I think he's shown the toughness and and kind of the mental resolve to to fight through it um, I think the coaching staff's doing all they can but but again I think tonight short week not a lot of preparation defense that's going to throw some curveballs at you it's it's going to be interesting to see how you know how he reacts to to what Dean Pease and, and the defense throws at him. Who knows? Maybe he'll pick right up and, and just pick them apart. That would be great to see. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, at least early on, struggling to kind of find a rhythm and, and get into a groove like he did last week. All right, Spee. Very nice. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Let's go to Tom in Tennessee on the Patriots pregame show. It's fueled by Duncan. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. How you doing this season? Good. Hey, Tom. 
Good. Uh, well, this is the first time I'm actually calling in, and it's crazy. I, I stumbled onto the, the PU podcast uh, some time ago. I'm actually a Packer fan, and when all of the Brady fallout kind of hit, I was like, let's see what's going on in New England sports talk. So I stumbled onto you guys being the, the third best show, you know, at <laughs> PU. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> and just, dude, fell in love with the dynamic that you guys bring to the table. It's been really, really cool getting to know the different personalities. I mean, obviously, Paul is like this – this angry uncle that we have, you know, and uh, Fair. It, when when you agree with him, it's like, yeah, get him, Paul. But when you don't agree with him, you want to come through the line and choke him. You know, it's wow. just awesome. Yep, that's but a, anyway, it's a little violent. The had, oh. <laughs> right. The uh, the question I had first of all, I was going to say I think we're all pretty much in agreement that Bill's going to try to take away pits, whether it's they double him or or put the number one corner on him, whether it's J.C. Jackson or whatever. I was thinking Cordero Patterson might be the second option there, you know, as far as a threat with him being out. What do you guys think is the the next threat um, as far as the Falcons offense? <laughs> Russell Gage? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's a great question. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, they um, – Kyle! You know, they got Mike Davis, who, who's kind of kicked around a little bit. Um, was he got 88 – I mean, three point three yards per attempt. I mean, he's just—they can't run the ball, and they—and they—they—they continue to try to run the ball on first down. They can't run the ball. They just—I mean, it's—they're not good on anything really. There's nothing you can look at and say, "Well, there's something cooking there." It's just—I yeah, think if they had Calvin Ridley, you know, at at a hundred percent mentally and physically, to go with Kyle Pitts, and then you doing these things that you've done, you know, most of the season with Cordero Patterson, I think they had the makings of having a decent offense. But Ridley has really not been there, and even when he has been there, obviously he wasn't there mentally. He's dealing with something pretty significant to, you know, sort of force him to step away from the game. Now you have Got just it. a you just have a rookie tight end, and you have a sort of, I think it's been a nice story what Cordero Patterson has done. But you're really looking at him at this stage of his career as being a difference maker. Like they're using him like he's Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> right and, yeah. and and he's he's yeah. pretty. I mean, he has seven touchdowns. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to put it, you know, take anything away from him, but right. I mean, you look at the numbers and they're kind of pedestrian. I mean, three point nine a carry. You know, this is not the kind of stuff. You know, he he's done decent as a receiver. Twelve, you know, twelve yards a carry on thirty nine. I mean, uh, a catch on thirty nine catches. That's pretty good production yeah. there. Um, but I just don't look at him as being the same kind of. Same kind of player. Patriots inactives are out, by the way. Oh, yeah. good. Hey, Tom, thanks for the call. Don't be a stranger, buddy. Let's see. Yeah, we thanks, got, Tom. Thanks, guys. All right. We got Yasir Durant, J.J. Taylor, Devin Asiasi, Jarrett Stidham, and Ronnie Perkins. So no surprises whatsoever. No. Nope. But uh, Sean Wade getting his uh, – he's going to be active for the first time, I believe. Uh, and then it, it, John U. Smith back in the lineup after missing last week as well. Um, but no, no, no major surprises. Obviously good to get Damian Harris back and – and our, our our punt returner, Gunner, right? I mean, he's a weapon. He's a weapon. Especially uh, in a game like this where it, what? Uh-oh. Nothing. What's the problem, Paul? Nothing. I have something with with Mike. Okay. Uh, especially in a game like this where hopefully you're going to be uh, forcing the Falcons into a bunch of punts. All right, let's get, your, uh, let's get your punt returner back in, as they will tonight with Gunner, and see if he can, you know, I, it doesn't have to be three punts of 20 or, or returns, I should say, of 20 or more yards, but couple of them help give yourself some short fields here tonight and uh, get up early yeah. you know this is something that we haven't talked about enough i don't think but uh, the idea of this team having to play from behind now technically they did last week 
as the Browns marched down the field and and needed four downs on the goal line to score. But once they did, and they were up 7 nothing. all right, technically you're playing from behind for all of one drive. Right, but Uh, I do think that drive was significant because of what Mike wrote about earlier in the week, Hardy, Uh, and that is third and and eight, third and six, third and 13. Yep. You know, down 7 nothing on your own, I think, 17-yard line, third and eight. You throw an incomplete pass there and punt it back, and then Cleveland maintains the momentum. Yep. Could be a th- now even maybe if it's, it's only maybe it's ten a, nothing. Yeah, maybe it's a two score game heading to the second quarter, and everything is different. Yes, but to Max' credit, he made yeah. all those throws on those third downs. Um, now, I know one of them was a screen pass, but the third and eight that kicked the drive off to Hunter Henry was not a screen. Uh, I just want to share with you, Paul. I thought it was interesting. Our guest uh, Kevin Knight was saying that he didn't really think Calvin Ridley was. Uh, was really gelling in the offense, and that maybe oh no, he was nothing. They year. might move him in the offseason. I, I just thought that was yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, I I would take his word for it. I just look at this as a lost year for the guy nothing. for obvious reasons. Yeah, I think mental. I mean, he's dealing with uh, for an, an NFL player to step away from the game to to get himself right. I I think that's not like I don't really feel like playing. Yeah. That's a significant. Something mental situation on. to me tough to train with probably yeah. too after that yeah and I, I just think i would i would almost eliminate anything he's done on the field this year um and even then 31 catches for 281 yards like it's not like he did nothing yeah um that production's a little down for him because he's more of a downfield threat than mm-hmm. that would indicate but i i don't know i i think that he's I think that he has to have been affected by whatever it is that's keeping him off the field. Uh, we're going to do the over-unders, gentlemen, if you're ready to Excellent. do them. Let's do them. It's time for this week's edition of Over-Unders. You're over me? When were you under me? I had uh, an amazing week last week by Hardy standards. Just treading water, wow. but for me, that's good. Uh, Matt, what happened last week, and what are the season totals? All right, last week we have Hardy... Three and three, Mike. Two and four, Paul. One and five. Oh, wow! Pauly, Paul Perillo, and feeling I, the heat. And I do want to um, just uh, add that um, an outstanding job done by Marine Corps Matt this week. No, no errors. No errors. Nope. <laughs> on either either side. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's he, he sent it all to me on Tuesday. I was like, uh-huh. you got it. Uh-huh. You got it. It's all good. That's <laughs> a real backhanded compliment. You didn't screw up, kid. I, nice job. I was job. very excited about it. I was too. <laughs> Paul drew a smiley face on it and sent it back. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, all right. Put it on the fridge. All right. That brings us to the season totals. Paul, 32 and 28. Mike, 27, 33. Hardy, 22 and 38. Ugh. All right. Well, Paul's still pretty commanding lead here, but let's yep. see if... Uh, I guess technically I did gain ground even going 500 last week. All right, let's just do that again. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be fine with that. Sure. All right, let's uh, let's start off. What do we have? Mac Jones passing and rushing yards, 260 and a half. 260. Uh, I think it's going to be a little grind for him. I'm going to go under on this one. <sighs> I'm going to go under as well. I've been riding the overs on him and, and uh, haven't been able to convert, so I'm going to change up. A lot of these, t- a lot of these tonight are just for what I want to watch in this game. Uh, you need to hold my interest. And I hate rooting for uh, I, uh, rooting for the under is just such a loser thing to do. So I'm going to go over just so I can root for them to. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to get a ton of rushing yards, but combined, all right, good. That helps me. I'll go over. Hunter Henry receiving yards, thirty and a hay. 
I'm going to take the over on that. Um, I oh. think Hunter Henry is emerging as uh, a pretty important part of the passing game. I think I took the over on him last week, and I believe that was my one win out of <laughs> my one in five finish. The latest uh, Bill Simmons uh, point he was making was about how Hunter Henry has become Mac Jones' security blanket, how he's the, the go-to guy. And, you know, lest we incur the wrath of Bill Simmons, again, like we did on Zolak He's known for cutting football inside, isn't but, he? But, I mean, it was like, I, I, you know, I, I'm not Mike Florio over here. I'm not, you know, with a, I'm not Paul Perillo. I'm not one of the guys who watches every second of every uh, contest around the league. But I really don't see Hunter Henry as being his go-to guy yet. If anyone, that's probably Jacoby Myers. But even more to the point, I don't think he has a go-to guy yet. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the red zone. Yeah. You know, the seven touchdowns, maybe you could say he's he's the guy he looks at in the red zone. But I, I agree with you. He's, right. he's a three- or four-catch guy at most. Anyway, uh, I'm going over. Just out, I went over yeah. on Mac passing yards, so I'm going over on Hunter Henry receiving yards. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go under. Um, just I think maybe other guys have a little bit more production than him. But I th- I'd like him to get at least another touchdown. What's going to be Mac Jones's longest pass completion tonight? 35 and a half yards. Uh, let's just stick with it. Let's have some fun. That's a big one, but... All it takes is my man Brandon Bolden busting loose after getting the catch. He can, he can pick up 35 and a half from catching a pass out in the flat. Doesn't have to be some long downfield throw, right? We're talking. You're on that Brandon Bolden. We're, we're hype just talking train. about all right. I hype. Tell me who's been a better, more consistent offensive weapon than Brandon <laughs> Bolden. I'll hang up and listen to you agree with me off the air. Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Jacoby Bourne. Myers, Hunter Henry. Consistent, Damian I Harris. said. Consistent, From I said. Damian Stevenson. Harris hasn't even played. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go under on, on Mac. You went uh, over? For the long run. I went over. 35 and a half, you went over. Yeah. Yeah, I did, and I know you're going under. I went under. Uh, yes, I am going under. <laughs> Dumb move. Probably, Kyle probably. Pitts receiving I'm yards. I'm in a slump. <laughs> Kyle Pitts receiving yards, 65 and a half. Oh, deuce. Oh, I, I mean, I, it's my key. It's your I, I key. I hate to go four straight under, but I'm going four straight under. I think they take him out of the game. I'm going to take the under as well. Um, I'm a little worried about it because I really don't see any other person that Atlanta's right. going to be able to rely on here. Right. But I just have seen this. I've seen this play before. Right. And, and he's got and one catch for four yards. You know. yeah. I, yeah, I, and I just in solidarity or solidarity with uh, Deuce's key to the game, I will go under on I this one too. I appreciate but, that. You know, it's like you said. It makes me nervous because I don't think they have anything else to go to. But the Patriots also know he hasn't had anyone <laughs> else to go to. So right. if they're going to, like, take him uh, you know, out of it, then you got to pick the under. Yep. Jawan Bentley tackles four and a half. Paul Perillo. Oh. I will take the over on that. I think he will make five tackles at least. Now. <sighs> oh, thinking about it. No, I'm trying to remember what he had last week. Six. Um, yeah, let's go over. Yeah, I'm going to go over too. I think he's, uh, he's a big part. He's going to get probably at least six or seven. All right. And the total oh, wait, score. All three over? All three over. Yep. Total score, 44 and a half. Uh, I am up first on this one, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think even with some of these score predictions that have the Falcons being the lowly Falcons, all they need is 13, 14 points to go with the 34 that the Patriots put up, and you're there. So I'll uh, even, even factoring in everyone else's predictions for this game. Not everyone. I know there's a couple of, you know, 
stink bombs in there, 20 to 10 and whatnot, but I'm still going over. I'm going to go under. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a slog, and, yeah, I think it's going to be around 30, 35. I am taking the under as well. Uh, I just don't see Atlanta putting up many points. could be a huge week for Hardy. A lot of blood. A lot of blood between me and Deuce on this one, especially. Mm. We are in opposition on, uh, I think, five out of the six here. Whew. Wow. It's exciting. Yeah, a lot of trash talk. It's exciting. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. Get back to the phones here. 855-PATS-500. Emails, webradio at patriots.com. William, who's in Massachusetts. No, he's not. He's gone now. So let's go back to Australia. They're all gone. How is it that we <laughs> they're all gone? How is it that we have better luck with our calls from Australia being on the line than we do uh, with the guys who are Australian more patient? I think so. You're a patient people down there, aren't you? Jake? From the other side of the road, world, you're, you're in it. Yeah, I guess so. What's up, Jake? Oh, just here cleaning a pool for my job during the, the day. Good day, in mate. Australia on Friday. Nice. Any snakes? No, not yet. <laughs> uh, what is your job? My question. I, I'm a pool technician. I don't know what that means. I fix people's pool. swimming pools. Oh, pool. I thought you said cool technician. I'm like, oh, is that like an adorable Australian way of saying air conditioning? <laughs> oh, no, a pool tech. Okay. All right, gotcha. An adorable Australian. Well, you know. All right, a pool tech. All right, Jake. I wondering, do you guys reckon Mac will go for another three this week? Wow, uh, I think he. I think he can. Yeah. I. I think if the game is in hand, they probably won't do as much. Short week. Don't need to do anything else. Don't need to. Don't need to tip your hand for you know what's to come for later on in the season. If if they if they can get away with running the ball, um, uh, I, I think they they're more likely to do that down inside the red zone uh, if they get a comfortable lead against the Falcons tonight. But it's, it's possible. It's I think interesting. Sure. They won't run it up tonight the way they have been because it's maybe a short week and maybe. they're tired. Yeah, and and at what point? Too tired to run it up. Yeah, seriously, Jake. At what point, if you were coaching this team and you're thinking like, all right, we're, we got another win in the bag tonight. We're going to move to seven and four in the season. We can start thinking about the playoffs. Do you at any point during this game or in the upcoming games, if you get up, start thinking, you know what? Let's not give tape to anybody else on on things that we can do. Let's let's save some of this stuff. Uh, for a team like Tennessee next week. Yeah, I think I could see something like that. But yeah, I, this is very true. I think. I don't know. It's possible. All right, well, good luck with all the filters and the chlorine and whatnot, Jake. Don't sniff too many of those chemicals. Yeah. I, 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 think he, I bet he deals with Crocs a lot, right? <laughs> like, I mean, there's Crocs in the pool. They're probably calling him up, like, Croc in the pool, get out here. I would ask him, but it sounds like he's uh, <laughs> I don't want him to, telescoping yeah. a skimmer right now. <laughs> I don't know what that sound was. It was driving me nuts, though. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> thank you. That's excellent. Let's talk a little bit more um, about this whole idea, unless we have to break. I don't think we have to. No? Okay. Um, about this lost to a, a team that you shouldn't lose to, okay? Okay. We've seen it with the Rams. We've seen it with, you know, the quote-unquote good teams. We've seen it with Arizona. All right. right. What's the problem? I, I would use teams like Tennessee losing to the Jets. I would use Dallas losing to, to Denver. Cardinals losing to the Panthers? Yeah, but without their quarterback, you can lose to anybody without your players. All right. Um, I, I would use uh, – there was another one. Oh, the Bills losing to Jacksonville. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a, a, as a 
post a child for that. Otherwise, you, you know, like the Rams. Should the Bucks have Rams, lost to the Washington football uh, team? Bucks losing to Washington, good one. Um, yeah, we've seen a lot of them lately too. Titans Bal- to Baltimore losing to to Miami. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I I, started, I, I led with that. Oh, thanks, sorry. Thanks, thanks for listening. I'm Fred. not listening. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> the, the yeah, I mean the Rams. The Rams have been struggling a little bit the last two weeks, but I don't know if I would put losing a division game to the Niners on the road in the that's the game that they shouldn't lose kind of category um but they've been struggling because they got they got manhandled two two weeks in a row by um by tennessee and then by san francisco i would put the patriots miami in that category but not i don't think it's anywhere near as egregious as the others that we mentioned for the reason that hardy said you know it's week one the patriots weren't the patriots yet yeah and that's why you know I, i agree with i agree with rob you know, in terms of, you don't want to pencil in wins for the Patriots so because because like a, a a month ago we were talking about this team in a whole different light. But that's you know things change, things change in a month, and you know it's the same with the numbers. And that's why I hate I completely ignore all the percentages that you see the you know the football power index that ESPN uses that generates all these numbers for like the and they're all like ridiculously accurate like stat based. 538s and all this stuff with uh mm-hmm. was it Nate Silver? Yep. Right? And, and you know they they obviously put a lot of work in it, but it's based on numbers accumulated over an entire season. And as an example, the Patriots run defense is average. The Patriots run defense hasn't been average the last few weeks. Um it's been much better than that. Um you know offensively the Patriots over the last month in this four-game winning streak have been as productive as anybody in the in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, overall their numbers are somewhat pedestrian. So these percentages of you win this and your playoff percentage goes here is based on what everybody's done all year. Right now, the Patriots are red hot. I'd be stunned tonight if they didn't come out and play reasonably well. Yeah, like if they just laid an egg, I th- I would find that stunning. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's also a, a bigger thing going on which is just the parity overall in the league the 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 away teams winning more games than the home teams now where it's like this talk of oh is there still home field advantage i just i think that there's a little bit of a, a weirdness to the nfl i don't know if it's this year if it's here to stay um but there just seems to be a lot more unpredictability yes you know with the league in general and i think that's why people like the patriots because you feel like over the last four weeks they've followed a path that we've seen them follow before where um and i'm seeing you know tommy curran just tweet out low floor or sorry high floor for this team and i think that that you know that's what they are they think you know any team that plays the patriots i mean they've given everybody a problem every you know every team that has has had to you know pull it out or you know even when dallas is going up and down the field and putting you know more yardage up than it still goes to overtime you know so it's just i mean and i know that there's all kinds of nuance to every game and all that but i think when you just look at the big picture there's just a lot of weird parody going on, and I don't know if it's this year or if it's just the NFL recalibrating. I think you got so comfortable. I mean, we certainly did with the Patriots and Brady and you know Manning and you know just what, what basically I don't know a decade and a half. It was all kind of the power structure was just always kind of intact, and there were some teams that were you know maybe this year they're up, but but generally you knew who the good teams were and who the bad teams were, and 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 upsets weren't as like they haven't been happening this year. And it's, it's just like you know you ra- you rattle off like how does. 
How do the Bills lose to Jacksonville? How do the Jets beat? You know, it just it does it doesn't make any sense. But I think the Patriots are, are one thing that that so far seems like they do make sense. So the, this this fear of the Patriots, you know, having this loss looming to a team they shouldn't lose to, is only a fear if you accept the Patriots as a quote unquote good team. I and, do accept them as a good team. Okay, yeah. because you can easily talk yourself off this ledge and not be afraid anymore if you only think of them like what do you think of the the Colts right now? I think they're a middling team. I think they're a middling team, and I, I, I I'm they're with capable the, of being good. I think I got brought this up like last week, and I said something about like maybe a win at the Colts, and I don't know if it's you guys or if it's Owen Beetle said, no, the Colts are a good team. I'm like, I'm not convinced they are. They got some pieces. Yeah. But here's, here's the, the thing, the Colts. But this is this is my comp, yep, right? The Colts do not have that loss to a team that they should have beat, right? They that, just kind of lose to teams. That well, their losses are weak. Depends week, on how you look at. It. They well, lost we, to Seattle. Yeah, but it was week them. one, and I don't know that they should beat Seattle in week one. If we're going to give the Patriots a little wiggle room in week one, I think I'll give the Colts some too. They lost to the Rams. They lost at the Titans, at the Ravens. Eh, I don't know about that one, but uh, a, another loss to the Titans. See, that's the thing. The is game, they lost. They they've had a bad, a, a really tough schedule, and that's tough. why they're five and five. But I can't call them a good team because they didn't beat any of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, the Patriots have had a much easier schedule, but they were able to go out and win in L.A. They were able to take care of business at home against Cleveland. Like, the best Indianapolis win is probably San Francisco. In a and, and, and the rain. Torrential downstorm. You know, and look, they, they had the they had the Ravens dead to rights. There's no way they should have lost that game with a 16-point lead late in the game and they blow it. Um, but they, they needed to find a way to win some of those games. And I, I get it. Seattle, the Rams, Tennessee twice. They had Tennessee beat the second time, too. They found a way to lose all of those games. And I think they're probably ultimately going to find themselves outside looking in when the playoffs come but I do think it's a decent team. Like, if the Patriots lost to Indianapolis, which that, like, in three weeks or so, yep. I wouldn't consider that a terrible loss. No, no. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I, I, I just They know what they do over the next couple of weeks. Well, and, and I know that's like a, they play a in cop-out. Bu- they yeah. play in well, Buffalo play this week. too. They, yeah. You know, the Colts have to play the Bucks. Colts got to play the Bucks in two weeks. They God, their the schedule Bills, is a monster. The Bills, the Bucks, the Texans, and then the Patriots. So yeah, so they, I mean, they tough. could easily be, um, you know, a game below 500 when they play the Patriots. How do you feel about that Chargers win? It's the best win the Patriots have. I st- I agree. It still is. Does their loss to Minnesota loss at at home, their loss to Minnesota at home last week, take away anything from from yeah. the Patriots? But but all like accomplishment for the same reason why you don't think the Patriots' loss to Miami was bad. I don't make the Patriots win over the Chargers worse because Fair. when they played the Chargers, the Chargers were, were playing well. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Although they were coming off a bad loss. They, uh, got, they got blistered by Baltimore. In the uh, absolutely. Game. It was like 31-6 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I don't think the Chargers are quite ready. 34-6. You know, first-year coach, I think he's finding his way. Uh, I don't think they're quite ready. All right. Good to see Gunner back out there. Uh, looks like he's working uh, with Joe Houston, kind of getting an idea how to pick up the punts over the He needs to put dome. his uniform on. He's showing off them abs. He doesn't have much uniform there. Well, he'll he get some more. more. Abs. Uh I pr- they missed I him last week. They did. I think he's a. Uh, 
he's really turning into giving them some electric returns. I, I mean, I hold my breath every time he returns. It's just because I'm worried. Oh, I think he's going to fumble gonna every time. He's going to fumble I mean, or he's get fumbled a like three times this year. He hasn't lost any of them. Yeah. Did I see Chase Winovich out there in yes. nothing resembling he a bet. uniform? He bet. Oh, he's, he's, he should be. He's dressed, though. He's he playing. is dressed. Yeah. He's okay. not, well, he's not inactive. Yeah, he should probably kind of just take over the Uche third down roll. Okay. All right. That's fine. I. Uh, by the way, Chase does not look like a big guy. Uh, you know, watching him on the on the TV set here. On the TV? Oh, yeah. So you it, see him in person, though? He's a big dude. Yeah. That Chase Winovich. And a, a, a really nice dog. <laughs> no dog talk. All right. Um, <laughs> let's go to Alex in Somerset here. We're watching uh, the playoffs or the, playoffs. the warm-ups. We're watching Don't the warm-ups. Do you want to pause and watch Nick Folk kick Nick some warm-ups? Nick everybody. Uh, uh, but it was lost on a lot of people that he was injured last week and talking about Nick Folk and uh, how he looked, which he was, you know, fine for the most part. But he's is he still Power dealing throw. with the He's not hurt. Bailey's hurt. Oh, Bailey, that's right. Bailey's hurt. Well, they're both he had to step in and kick off. I'm surprised you didn't mention that in your goods last week. <laughs> you know what? He kicked off once. I can't watch everything, okay? That's true. That is Som- true. Sometimes I got to eat half of a donut left over from the pregame, and I got to do that while the game's going on. Alex, sorry to keep you waiting. What's up, buddy? No problem. What's going on, guys? Hey, Alex. So um, you got to talk about emotions of wins and losses, and I got a hypothetical. So let's say early in the season we decided to win that game against the Cowboys and then followed it up with a loss against Houston. They decided to lose. Yeah. Ooh. Or would you have? What do you think was best for the team in that scenario? No, I would rather have the win over Houston than Dallas because yeah. it's a conference win. Yeah, AFC. Yep. Okay, I, yeah. I understand. But I understand. I understand your point. Like you, you would have a you know a marquee win under your belt, and that might have been more for the team's confidence. But I, I think uh, in terms of the playoffs and everything, I think those conference wins that they've they've already um, built up, I think, will help. Yeah. I, uh, that yeah, Dallas yeah. game stung for a number of reasons. That the number of uh, Dallas fans in the stadium that night, and just how they bad. never sat down. It, they, I mean, it was just a lost opportunity. I, there were, you remember, I was I was pissed after that game because I think Dallas a, did everything they could to chance. lose the game, yep. and you didn't take it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie in Omaha, Nebraska. That is my wife's hometown. What's up, Jamie? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, hey Jamie. Hey, so uh, I, I need to access Paulopedia real quick here because you guys are talking about, like, trap games. And in, in my memory, I can't think of a time when we've really went into a game and I guess had that sort of uh, we're going to win this and not really try and look ahead to the next week necessarily, uh, I guess, which is to me what, what those trap games normally are. I, I can see it because it's a short week, but is there a game that you can remember that you're like, yeah, no, we've, We've definitely looked ahead and, and lost these games because of this. I think uh, the Houston game. Well, they didn't lose it, but I think the Houston game this year is probably on the hmm. in the conversation. And that is part that of the was convers- sandwich, that was sandwiched around the Tampa Bay and Dallas games, was it not? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Jamie, that gets back to the conversation of the definition of the trap. It, just because you win, does that mean it wasn't a trap game? No, it can still be a. You can win a trap game. You can win a trap game in my mind. Yes, in my mind too. But <laughs> it yeah. elicited more conversation today on on Felger trap and game has I never can. been won. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and I thought Mike and Tony put it perfectly. Like w- that sort of be- like got into the the lexicon from Bill Parcells, who used to go around the locker room and, and set mouse traps. 
Were, were they actually you know, before those kinds of games? Would they actually be set? I don't know. I wasn't in the locker room because that could be so dangerous. Injure, you're going to injure a player out with imagine a toe. If you, imagine if your quarterback stepped in one oh. accident and he can't play. Doesn't even look at Jamie. Jamie, uh, go have a runza or hit up Big Fred's Pizza for me, would you please? Will do. All right, thanks, wow. buddy. He's right on that. Yeah, Omaha. You know. Omaha. 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 It's one of the uh, best uh, sporting experiences ah! of my life. Was going to a Nebraska home oh, game. I bet homecoming. I bet. The people are so absurdly nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. I drove through Omaha. And I stayed there, I think, overnight. I drove through. I, I did stay enough. overnight there. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Mingling with these country folk. Yeah. Felt good. Uh, <laughs> country folk. <laughs> Farmer's daughter, what? Oh, very good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, here's what I want to talk about this <laughs> trap game, though. Honestly. <laughs> the idea that a trap game still exists in any meaningful way. Okay. And whether, and I'm not talking about a win or a loss. I'm talking about, Oh, we somehow looked past this team. Like, how is it even possible anymore in a professional sport? You mean just like, I just mean in 2021 when the NFL has never gotten more coverage in more places, people writing thousands of articles every week, Thousands of podcasts taking place, <laughs> shows like this one, shows on the radio, shows on television, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, analyzing in minutia every aspect of every game. Anything that could be a potential trap game is has a spotlight put on it and shown that it, it, that it is a trap game. So the only way it could still be a trap game is if there was something that nobody saw ahead of time because it's going to be out there about it being a trap no, but I mean, in the end, it the the game is still played by humans, and it's just it's it's human nature. Like, not all trap games prove to be trap games. Most of the time, the better team does what it's supposed to do, shows up, and takes care of business. But you can't tell me all of those upsets that we talked about didn't have elements of trap game in them. You know, you can't tell me that. Baltimore didn't go to Miami last week saying, yeah, I know Miami is not as bad as 2-7, and seven, but, but. But, we're, <laughs> but we're Baltimore, and we're going to roll this team. Okay, okay. Okay? <laughs> you can't tell me that Tennessee went to the Jets and said, we got yeah, this. I know the kid's only making his third start, but look at how bad he was in the first two. He ain't ready, and then he lit him up. Yeah. I mean, is it even like – it doesn't even have to be a trap game. Can it just be – when you play a crappy team, you play down to their level. Like trap game kind of implies that, like, yeah, there's it, something bigger going it's on. It's not within always the whole, a trap just because of, it's an upset. I agree yeah. with you, but I'm saying there are elements at play this particular game for the Patriots that are trap-like. Yeah, because they had such a big game last week. Because they've been told in a short week in so many different ways how great they are. I hear every guy, and I got you know we weren't in work today like normal, so I'm sitting home listening to a lot of the talking heads on ESPN and oh, one after another yeah. after another is telling you why the Buffalo Bills are in trouble and why Kansas City hasn't fixed anything and why Tennessee has been very impressive but they're still not believing without Derrick Henry. But the Patriots, yeah. based off of their win against Cleveland, mm-hmm. we've seen this before. When have you seen it before? Like Tom Brady's not here. Right. Yeah. So you haven't seen this before. <laughs> this, is all, this is all new. Yeah. This is all new. They're being anointed. And if they're not, like, ready to handle that, 
that yeah. can that, that can be a problem. Week, right? And and, and yeah. that that's been going on all week yep. long. And I understand they've been doing done nothing. I, there was a tweet that I was joking with Mike about earlier. Jonu Smith and Damian Harris are back in the lineup. Good luck. Oh, really? You got a you got a running back who's averaging four yards a carry and a tight end who largely has been in, irrelevant in the in the nine games that he played. And now all of a sudden it's like the Patriots, you have to stop that offense? Good luck. Okay, why? Because we played offense like a, a high-powered team last week? What about the other nine games? Yeah. Like, they basically have two offensive explosions that are carrying their numbers for the season. Yep. Right? Yep. They scored 54 and 45 in two of the last four games. Now, I would say that's what they're developing into. They're developing an offense to go with the defense. They're trending in the right direction offensively. But over the the other eight games, right? Yeah, but to like say, good luck. But to like, say okay. that they've that they've arrived and that they're going to stay there, I, I I have to see it. Like I, you know, it's it's a pro- process. It's a process. And I feel like it's unfair to them to just be like, well, now you guys have to be awesome all the time. Like it's it's still a rookie quarterback, and you know, there's a lot there's a lot still to go. And I think the caller who pointed out some of the early down run stuff, like there's ways to get better. Getting Harris back out there, but like, I I agree what what Paul was saying. All right. Uh, we're watching the warm-ups here on uh, the Patriots pregame show, which Bronson is fueled Bolton. by Duncan. Uh, this uh Mondre. Oh. We're dropping the raw. Oh, I would. <laughs> Mondre. Yeah. I, don't know, I, heard, I heard them talking about that in the radio. Yeah, I was I not, I was not memoed on that. I don't know if that's how it is. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved him last week, and we talked about it in the post game. Um, I, I, th- I thought he gave it, uh, an element he that finishes. Maybe, he yeah, finishes his run. Maybe Harrison, this this Damian Harrison, will get him back in the lineup too. So should have that one-two punch back tonight uh, in the running game. The yeah. Johnu Smith thing, I get Paul because I think he has been, you know, largely underwhelming. Underwhelming, perfect word. Thank you. He hasn't been a disaster, but he's been underwhelming. Damian Harris, even though the numbers may not back it he's up, he's been good. Yeah. I, I think he's been really good, and I think he impacts the game tonight. And the yeah. fact that he is back makes like me like ready. the the Patri- uh, Patriots' chances. But my even point more. is, if he's back and he plays great, he does what Stevenson did last week. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, but just put it together. Let them, you know, let them work off each other. And I'm sure Damian Harris is probably motivated by what what Stevenson yeah. did. But and, I, yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting that Bill was quick to point out that Stevenson did a great job replacing. Yeah, it's still Harris. Well, I was almost like job. telling both guys. I haven't forgotten about you, and yeah. you don't think that you've surpassed him. Yeah, and you're going to need both of them. So that's, I mean, that's what the positive element of it was. Just, I mean, how hard Stevenson ran. The ball security is, has been on point, you know, since he's got his chance here. And I, I mean, I just think good-looking guy. Can he get into the into the? Uh, you know, can he be part of the rotation now? Can he earn a spot where it's all right, like it was with Burkhead and and Sony when they were kind of the one-two punch? You know, you get Sony early on, then they kind of switch it up a little bit. I'd love to see that just be a rotation because. Early in the season, when they couldn't go with Stevenson, I, I felt like I'm like, man, they are going to run Damian Harris into the ground if they don't get some kind of complimentary back. And and I I hope that that's you know what what Stevenson showed last week and that that can elevate his role. I guess I I guess I just feel better about uh, Damian Harris being back because I have more faith in him putting together a performance tonight of that caliber more yeah. so than I do Stevenson repeating what he did last yeah, week. Especially sure. on a, yeah, especially yeah, I mean, on a short week. And, the more you know, guys you have back, the better. I just don't look at it as like, if I'm Atlanta, I'm like, oh, man, now i got to deal with them. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know. I know what you're saying. Uh, Christian out in L.A. We'll get to you next. And Tony in Canada, both of you coming up here. We still got to do our six-pack for the week. So that's on the way. All happening here on the Patriots uh, pregame show, which is fueled by Duncan. By the way, Patriots fans, it's always game on with Duncan. So kick off the action with the official coffee of the New England Patriots. That's what we're doing tonight. This is a this is a late-night coffee for me. Oh, I yeah. generally do not drink anything like this past, I would say, 4 p.m., but we got a late one tonight. So this is part of my game day ritual. I'm not changing it up. We all know the best call for football is Duncan. America runs on Duncan. TouchView Interactive is here to support your hybrid learning, distance learning, and video conferencing needs with easy-to-use tools that allow end users to collaborate, interact, and present seamlessly. TouchView Interactive offers a comprehensive line of accessories and software to support your audiovisual needs. Outfit your classrooms and presentation spaces with the future of interactive display technology. Visit touchview.com for more info. Offered by The Oker's Company. Celebrating 100 years of service and support. Football's back and it's time to go big. Pepsi Pull Pork Sandwiches are game day greatness. Now we're ready for game day. Check out some more awesome recipes on madeforpatriotswatching.com. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500 or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. Meanest thing you've said to me in months. And you've said horribly mean things. About an argument. Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. We're back. Patriots pregame show. It's fueled by Duncan. So we are doing a full six-pack here in a little while, right, Matt? Okay, good. All right, so we have that on the way. We have uh, your emails, which I still, I'm, I'm compiling them, getting them together here. Matt LaPan's helping me with that, so we'll get to all those. But first, got to go to Christian, who is in Los Angeles. Christian, you're on the Patriots pregame show. What's up, Christian? Hey, you guys. Good to uh, talk to you again. Hey, Christian. So, here's my quick question, and I want you guys to get into it. Who do you guys think is the one player on both offense and defense for us that if they played exceptional tonight, could be the key to a dominant victory. The one guy, the X factor on offense and the X factor on defense for us, whom, if they played exceptional, could be the key to a dominant victory. I'll take it off the air. Uh, to talk to you guys. A couple different ways to go. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stick with my key and go with Adrian Peterson on Kyle Pitts. You know, I think if Adrian, I'm sorry, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Phillips. Jeez, I was gonna go <laughs> J.C. Jackson for that. <laughs> yeah, reason, or that, or that's a good call too. I think. Um, but yeah, either way, I think anybody who can who can take him out of the game that that and Mac Jones. Be key. Or, I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm not gonna overthink it. I was gonna say Damian Harris too. Just if he gets going and he gets loose and and you know is able to just take some pressure off of the passing offense and you know let let open up the run and and you know not have to worry about dealing with Mac deciphering everything. It's just hey, we're gonna line up and pound it. Well, I may overthink it on the defensive side. I won't offensively. I'll say Mac Jones, but I'll say Matthew Judon. Instead of I was, I was, I was thinking, thinking him too. Him. If he's all up if, in if, Matt Ryan's grill, you won't game. even have to worry about J.C. Jackson or anyone right. else downfield. If, if Judon's uh, there, ruining Matt Ryan's day from the first snap, that's that's enough for me. 
Yeah, I love that guy. I, that's ser- I'm Judon <laughs> oh. developing a serious a football uh, football yeah. fan crush on that guy. We talked about him a lot this week. Um, I mentioned I wrote about we talked on uh, I think it was Thursday, just you know rattling off all the different activities that his different teammates do. That he tries to go and you know do a bike with Matthew Slater or take an Epsom salt bat with with, with McCordy or uh, you know going in the sauna with. Uh, the other guys, I mean, it's just, you know, he's just, he's done a really good job. I mean, on the field, obvious, the red sleeves, I mean, that was like the start of it. He's been all over quarterbacks since the preseason and, you know, just the, the unexpected, I don't know. I mean, like when these guys come in, you kind of expect serious football guys, like, you know, nothing wrong with that. And I think when you get a guy like Judon, who just has like this unique kind of sense of humor, it just, it takes you off guard a little bit and it's just enjoyable every time he talks. Cause you know, it's going to be fun. It's, he's going to have something interesting to say, and uh, it's, always, it's always a good time when, when Judon talks. I, I won't say he had me at the red sleeves, but what that did was allow me to watch him and oh. identify him on the field. Okay? <laughs> so I, know it's, I always know it's him. <laughs> yeah. And am I noticing him more because of the red sleeves? Probably. I'm a bit of a simpleton. Right. But the fact is the guy disrupts so many plays in a handful of ways to where I think if he's got a, a really good game tonight, it doesn't seal up victory for you, but it certainly makes things easier for Mac Jones and the offense to where they don't have to go out there and necessarily put up 33 points tonight. They might be able to put up 23 and win this thing handily if Judon has a really, really good game. Yeah, and that's that's uh, you know part of the point I made earlier of just if the defense comes out and just dominates and you know you can just see that energy coming off the field where they're – Reestablishing the line of scrimmage and just you know beating up the Atlanta offensive lineman. It's going to be a long night for yeah, the South. Quite an elaborate little uh, pregame celebration for the receivers. Uh, usually, uh, uh, usually fall for that sort of stuff there, Deuce. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't comment. I, I was trying to make a point. What uh, was your What was your commentary on Bill Belichick's jacket tonight? Did you see this on Twitter, Paul? This was oh, classic yeah, yeah, Deuce. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's just you know people people see he's wearing this this puffy jacket again, and uh, everyone's you know, and the the guy who runs the old blog that that I ran. Was like, oh, imagine Deuce is scrambling right now to figure out what happens if Belichick wears this jacket in the game. And I just said, I don't do jackets; it's just hoodies. <laughs> if he wears a jacket, he's above that. All, all bets are off. I don't, <laughs> I don't do jackets. Here's, above here's that. me. Although that up. one might have to make an appearance if he if he does, but it's indoors. He's gonna pop a hoodie on. He's gonna wear the red hot jacket with the red shoulders. He's wore it every game except Tampa this year. A lot of people talking about that Trent Brown story that we, uh, you know, discussed earlier in the week uh, here. Him, where he almost died. No, 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 him oh. um, having uh, 90 of his – 90 kids oh. from Westover High the School, nice which story. is his yeah. uh, his high school football team uh, from Albany, Georgia. Uh, he um, he brought them all there as part of his TB77 Cares Foundation. So that's a cool story with Trent Brown. I was, I was mentioning, um, you know, I guess when he got they, – they, they poked him with a syringe and they almost got air, air bubbles in his blood or something. Oh he said God. he almost died. You know, when he was with the Raiders and took him almost a year to, to feel normal again. Um, yeah, just uh, – but again, I couldn't believe the job the he did. What the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> that, 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 that wasn't appropriate. <laughs> the, uh, the job he did last week, it's just he – was, he was just caving in. I mean, Brian Baldinger did a whole breakdown of him. And I was like, how did this not jump out to me when I was watching the game live? He just he – was, he was crushing guys in the, in the run game. And uh, if he can play like that, it's 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 a game changer on that side of the line. Uh, another feel good story uh, involving a, a football player named Brown, Antonio Brown. Uh, the report is he acquired a, a fake COVID nineteen vaccine card. So if any of you uh, uh, 
finger waggers and uh, essentially people like me. If you love to say I told you so, this is a feel good story for you because <laughs> I love to say I told you so. And I told oh, you this. Antonio Brown. This was a bad guy. Antonio Brown is a but he was a bad guy from the jump. And I and I recognize his exceptional football talent. Of course. He's a bad guy. I didn't want him here. I didn't think he wanted to play football, so I was wrong about that. He just didn't want to play for the Steelers or the Raiders. He wanted to play for the Pats. Eh, actually, not so much because he couldn't keep his hands off his phone and texting people who were accusing him of things. And now he's gone so far to allegedly fake a vaccine card and also uh, stiff another personal chef on some money. This time it wasn't over a miscommunication about a fish head left in a freezer. This is him just being a bad guy. Yeah. Once again, I get with the vaccine. We get it. There's a lot of people who don't want to take it. If you come out and say, I'm not going to take it then you're you're going to catch a fair amount of flack for it Aaron Rodgers don't lie about it yeah. Do, uh, you shouldn't lie about most things in life. Right, but this is the, one of these things you shouldn't lie about. But at least with about. Aaron Rodgers he lied to the people, he didn't lie to the team or the league. <laughs> right. Like this to me that, I mean I I don't know what it's illegal. I, I mean I I would think that this is going to be something to to um, fabricate a, a vaccination card is is illegal. This is this is so serious th- stuff. This is I mean I know a lot of people at time. Well, Aaron Rodgers got a slap in the wrist. This is way worse. If if it's true, this is way worse than what Aaron Rodgers did. Tampa Bay Times reporting that according to Stephen Ruiz, who is a formal uh, former personal chef for Antonio Brown, uh, Brown had his girlfriend reach out to the chef over the summer to get a fake vaccination card. He was offering up 500 whole dollars for a fake card. The chef said, no, I'm, I can't get that for you. But then a couple of weeks later, Brown showed up and said, look, I got a fake card anyway. And I got one for my girlfriend. And uh, what do you think of that? Like this, this guy. This guy. Bad I guy. Know. He's a bad guy. Bad Not guy. Not good, Bob. That was the only thing I didn't want to see when the Pats played the Bucks. I just didn't want to see Antonio Brown go off. Go and, off. You know. Exactly. Just, that was, I, I could handle anything but that. Right. Uh, Tony in Canada Tony, on the Tony, Patriots Tony pregame show. Feels good, yeah. What's up, Tony? Sean Wade. <laughs> Don't confuse Tony, How are you guys please. Doing tonight? Hey, oh, Tony, great. Good. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Oh, I was gonna call in and talk about the the Patriots' chances of making the playoffs this year, but when I heard that about Antonio Brown, I was shocked. Uh, you know what would have surprised though was that I not only does he not only does he do things which I guess are illegal, but he's cheap too. Yeah, he only, he only he absolutely, Tony. He, yeah, he he wants everything, but he just doesn't want to pay for anything. <laughs> That's absolutely. I mean, he's a millionaire. He couldn't come up with more than five hundred bucks. I I could probably have done that for myself. I could have put up five hundred bucks for one of those cards. But I can't believe that. But Seriously, like anyway. st- like stiffing the movers. You know, the 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 actual assault that he was. That I believe he Throwing pled guilty stuff on out the window and stuff. I don't want to. You know, people get all upset when it's like, oh, you didn't actually give. I I believe he pled guilty on the assault of the moving truck driver. He threw. All the stuff over the balcony of the condo that he was renting. So yeah, he is both cheap and uh, <laughs> and and a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. This Antonio Brown right. and all and all He's the t- all the Tom Brady uh, guru stuff in the world cannot fix uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown. So again, I'd love to say I told you so, and I did. Yeah, well, you know, he deserves it, but that's fine. Um, you know what? I I, I was going to talk about again. I'm looking at the playoff uh, chances for the Patriots. And I'm thinking they've got that game against the Dolphins at the end of the year. That's in Miami. We know that's a tough one. Then they've got the Bills with a doubleheader. Uh, you know, depending on if the Bills get hot, because they've got such a good team that 
it's possible we could lose both of those games, and then we got the Titans. And the Colts. So yeah, you got I'm some thinking, tough games uh, coming. The yeah. schedule's been pretty light so far. You had Tampa, you had Dallas, you had the Chargers. Um, you know, I would say Cleveland, but you took care of business. You had a the Jets twice. You had Houston. You had uh, the Saints. You had Miami. You had some some softer games. Tony, I and and thanks for the call, buddy. I I think your point is this: you took care of business in a in a couple of those tough games. You lost a couple more. If you do yeah. that down the stretch with these other games, you'll be fine. You, you'll be fine if you split the you tough win, games. You got to win tonight. Yeah, you yeah. Win no, tonight. I'm saying if you split the tough games and you beat Jacksonville, you beat Atlanta, you beat Miami, and you split against Buffalo, Tennessee, and Indy. You just can't. You can't fine. have that one loss to a team you shouldn't lose to. Well, as long as you beat someone that you don't think you should beat, you'd be fine. All Cross right. it out. All right. Well, okay. Then that's where the split. Like comes Buffalo in. has a loss to a team you shouldn't lose to. Are they done? Heck yeah. But no, they're not done. I mean, they're everybody. Done. They uh, suck. I mean, most people think that Buffalo is pretty good. I know Bill Simmons thinks that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill, I don't want to get on. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that's what's and you talk about trap games, but it's just get this game and then the next four games. That's really going to determine kind of everything where you stack up in the AFC, what your start in the division is. Do you have any chance at, at maybe the bye? You know, even if you want to get crazy, but those next four games. I mean, it's it's. A Monday nighter in Buffalo. I mean, what talk about the hype train for that? You get to see the Titans, who right now are, are atop the AFC. So you know you're going to end up where you deserve, and I think that's you know all you can really ask for is the you know it, it's not like oh we got to beat guys and hope it's you're going to play the direct competition that guys or teams that you're playing for the exact spots in your division in your conference, and those next four games are huge. Assists, you know, get through tonight. Don't get injured. Just get in, get a win, get out. Don't get injured. <laughs> injured. <laughs> Silly. We, that's for other teams, Mike. I'm, I'm just thinking back. My favorite part of the show so far is when I actually took credit twice for being right on calling Antonio Brown a bad guy. Like I was the only one who said it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Got I one. told you. You got that one right. Yeah. Got, you know what? That Hardy guy, he was the only <laughs> one who said that. I do love those. Phenomenal <laughs> judge of character. That yeah, I've been saying it all along. <laughs> you know, Patriots. They're good. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if I thanked Bose yet. I'm going to thank him again, though, because I love Bose so much. They're proud to be the official sound and official headphones of the New England Patriots and the NFL. Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds. Rule the quiet. Learn more at Bose.com. That looks awful. Football's back, and it's time to go big. Pepsi Pull Pork Sandwiches are game day greatness. Now we're ready for game day. Check out some more awesome recipes on madeforpatriotswatching.com. An active lifestyle means you never stop moving. That's why only Theragun devices are designed to release your body's deepest muscle tension. So you can do the things you love. Land that pose. Hit that final rep. Taste success and do it all over again. You only have one body. Make it a TheraBody. Join the conversation by calling the Ace Ticket Hotline at 855-PATS-500. Or email the show at webradio at patriots.com. Where you been, kid? We're waiting for you. Just had to run to the potty. Oh. <laughs> Live from our studios inside Gillette Stadium, here's Hardy. 
believe they call that off the top rope. Uh, yes. Or a phrase from yes, I your like profession it. there. Um, uh, back to the Patriots pregame show, fueled by Duncan. Let's get to a couple of emails here, and then we'll uh, take care of our uh, six-pack. Huh? Uh, yeah. Nice bomb there from uh, Mac to Aguilar here in warm-ups. Oh, there we go. Looks like he's on. Sign of things to come for tonight's contest in Atlanta. <laughs> Do we have any word on what, on what the Oculus is doing tonight? What what are they doing with the Oculus there in the stadium? The What's, opening in the roof. Oh, they can open it to varying degrees. I don't Anybody know. I, know? I, I hope they told Bill though, because last time they were there and they were explaining like when it opens and closes, he wasn't too. Oh, he wasn't too happy. On check is playing check is <laughs> open at three quarters. Now I'm playing chess. <laughs> Hello, fellas. Is there a future for Nikhil Harry in New England? Kind of feel bad for the guy. And I really think the Patriots are doing anything and everything to keep him relevant somehow, even though it's uh, blocking. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, I, I think he's contributing right now, and, and you know, it's it's in an unconventional way, but I think that they're finding a way to use him uh, and his size and, and his clear desire to block. I mean, he blocks with fervor. Is there such thing or a, a no. role for a – Okay. <laughs> a blocking like, wide receiver. I just, a blocking wide receiver. We talked about it on the air today. Yeah. I'm like, I've never heard that phrase. We've no, been doing it all we week. Last week. You oh, know, you have okay. because people are just dying for it not to be a bust of a first round pick. He listen. He he provides nothing that that a, a traffic cone couldn't provide. He okay. can't get open. He doesn't make plays in the passing game, and he won't be here much longer. Can they can they try him at tight end and 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 I know they he have tight, tight ends end last right now. League, basically, he I mean blocks. that's yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah, what he's doing. Kinda, I mean every he's play he's line, on the field, they run ball, crack blocks. I, everyone would, running behind him, and it wasn't my idea, but I liked the idea when I heard it last year. It's like no idiot, he's wide receiver, you can't just switch no, but to people, tight end. Like but, why not? See, but he, people think that he's a great blocker for a wide receiver. He played tight end last week. That's all he did. He replaced John o. Smith. Right. That's all he did. Like, people want to move him to tight end because they think that will create mass- matchup problems. He could be a move tight end. He can't move. <laughs> so he doesn't have the move part. Like, he doesn't get open. Every once in a while, he makes a catch, and everybody says, is this the time? Did, did it just happen? Is that it? Is this, this, is this the start of him being a, a weapon in the past? No. No. They don't really even throw the ball when he's on the field. I, I, we say this all the time. Watch what Bill does. Don't listen to what people say. Right. Watch what Bill Watch does. What he does. When he's on the field, 95% of the time it's a run play. Yeah. He's a big physical guy, and he blocks. Um, uh, Just real quick. Uh, what? Evan Lazar. It looks like the same line as last week with Brown at right tackle, Karras at left guard, et cetera. Mike, I'm when you was taking reps at right tackle. You so interrupted like me for group. offensive line. My, my sorry. My bad. No, what are you, Paul? Come story, on, Hansel. <laughs> oh, don't you dare, Paulie in the How truck. Call, Paulie in the truck called about offensive line today too. No, I think I think it is important just yeah. to. So, all right, seemed to work last week. Let's try that again. Keep it rolling, Bob. yeah. Why not? And yeah. the uh, I think they feel like they're going to need a when you at tackle, so they don't want to start moving them back and forth. They 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 had him at at guard, um, then they moved him out to tackle. They don't want to move him back to guard in case they need him to play tackle. I think. Okay. Uh, the Oculus is closed. Yes. Thank you. All right. The Oculus. I thought that was you talking like ocular. 
you know, you're, that was what's popular I, yeah, in your ocular. I thought that's what you're get, getting at. What do you get your peepers Oculus. peeled for tonight? <laughs> uh, David says, uh, "Here we go, boys. Hope the Pats can get a seventh straight win tonight." And Hardy, you're right. Grown Ups is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Happy Dave, Gilmore's oh, a classic. I've seen though. way worse movies than that. Dave, I don't know. Unfortunately, that, I mean, I've seen worse, but for a movie that is thought to be by many as being good or acceptable, oh. I don't know if I've seen a worse one than mm. that. Okay, then I'm with you. I didn't realize that people. I like. I just thought well, it was people like, like grownups. I thought it was one yeah. of those Adam Sandler like. Yeah. Like no one really they just likes pump them out. They you know, pump them yeah, out. they're yeah. all the same. They're stupid. They're, they're, you know, you, you turn your brain off and laugh. Right. We watched Hubie Halloween, and even with the brain off in a jar oh. in the closet. You cannot enjoy that. That movie. was filmed on <laughs> a very good friend of mine's street. I'm sure it was. In Danvers. Yeah. Um, because they did it cheap, and he's, he can hire all his friends, and they can all make money. Yeah, and they all say does. good things about him right. because he – look, I would too if I were friends with Adam Sandler and he put me in his movies and paid me a million bucks just to show up and have a few laughs for uh, three weeks. But I do have some but laughs a crap when movie. I watch the movies. And I agree with you. They're not good movies. They're not. But like you know, that's my boy. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's my boy. Is. Like that's funny. It's that's funny my boy movie. is different. What are you doing? Here? That's a funny movie. <laughs> there's, uh, I think there's I legit agree. funny moments in that movie. That's another celebrity. Andy Samberg knew him. Bit, yeah, that was a good one. Him and the Lonely Island guys. A good guy. Yeah, very talented. So talented that you were like, what am I even doing? Huh. What am I even trying to do right now? Because those guys were just so talented. And when they got on SNL, you were like, they're going to blow it up. And right. they did. Right. Can I expose myself as a, ah. uh, <laughs> as, as a, as a moron um, more so than I do? Uh, you know, absolutely knowing that, you know, five minutes after my Nikhil Harry take, I know he's going to catch eight, eight for 89 <laughs> tonight just because I said that. Um, I saw Andrew Garfield interviewed today. Yeah. You I didn't, didn't know he's British? No. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's British? Am I the only one? No, I did. I, I mean, I remember being surprised that by that earlier just because of the, the Facebook movie. I get surprised all the time by actors at, and act, actresses, women actors, I believe, were supposed to. I, I don't think actress yeah. is a thing Actors, anymore. whatever. But there seem to be a, a large number of, of women who are actors who are British and have just amazingly... Perfect American accent. Yeah, Mayor. Mayor of Easttown. Right. Killed it. Right. Um, Kyle in Korea, who's the midseason MVP? Midseason MVP. Midseason ah. MVP of the Patriots? Yes. Judon. Yeah. I'd probably go Judon. It's I mean, I think they've had a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys, but I think he's been the consistent element and he's he's reinvigorated that defense. Um uh, Rodrigo. Blankenship, Paul. Can we ex- can we ex- what can we expect from Sean Wade tonight? Uh, Hopefully, some mop up time, maybe a little, little zone coverage, maybe get him out there, get his get his feet wet. Do there you, you find that a little odd? Um, I don't know if I find it odd. I, I mean, I'm just I'm a little bit intrigued, just because I would love to just get a look at him on the field. We never got to see him play in preseason. I'm just curious. I'm wondering if one of those him. guys uh, is more banged up than we know. Mills, you know, like or, Mills or, or, or someone, Jawan. Maybe. Um, it's possible. See how much he plays. Like I mean, if, I'm like assuming if, he's going to yeah, be like, like special if, team snaps. You're not even going to notice. If Miles him. Bryant or Jawan Williams or someone like that was inactive mm-hmm. and Wade was in, that would make perfect sense. Yeah, this just seems kind of like, I don't know. Maybe maybe some practice and well, they want to you know get get him some experience. Maybe. I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect from him tonight. 
I, I mean, I hopefully, would, like Mike says, you get to see him. I mean, I, I, I special teams. I would guess it's some special team oh, yeah. snaps. You don't even notice them. There you go. Uh, Lance and Korea. A couple of trivia questions. Since two thousand one, South, South Korea, right? <laughs> Tom Brady, East Korea, led the Pats. Uh, the Tom Brady led Pats had one loss on a Thursday night. Name it. The two thousand one Patriots. Since 2001, oh. the Tom Brady-led Patriots had one loss on a Thursday night. What was it? Kansas City opening night. Not really a Thursday night game. Oh, I was there. 2017. Okay. There you go. Yep. The non-Tom Brady-led Patriots have had one Thursday night win. Name it. Oh, was that the, the 16, 2016 year? Was that? No. Two, when he was out? Oh. Since 2001, somebody oh, has H- Houston, Jacoby Brissett. There you go. Yeah. All right, that Same. was a that was a Thursday night game, huh? Yep. Um, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. One more email, real quick. Remind jo- me, remind me to tell you why that's unbelievable. Uh, hey guys, George from Virginia here. I'm glad I can listen to you guys instead of the awful pregame coverage on Fox. You guys are talking about Judon. I was <laughs> wondering, do you guys have any idea what his sack celebration is? The only thing is, is wiping his chin, yeah. wiping his brow, yeah. on the wiping offense. The Oh, I thought he was wiping his mouth because he yeah, just. I, I think that's what he does. The mouth. Yeah, I think it's sack lunch. I think it's the mouth. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And I always worry because it kind of looks like he's doing the throat thing, which Don't I think you get. Oh no, no, that's a no, no. But he always wipes his mouth. Be yeah. nice about uh, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this six pack. <laughs> this is the Sunday six pack. So kick back and listen to the position. I'm itching to get the picks back. You better bring a big stack. Don't get it mixed yet. I came to win it. Yeah, this is the Sunday Thursday. six pack. All right, what uh, what happened last week? Where do we stand on the season, huh? huh? Uh, last week, Hardy three and three. Mike and Paul both went two and two, which brings us to the season. Two and four. Uh, two and four. Well, Jeebus. Uh, on the season, Hardy. Jeebus. Jeebus. <laughs> Hardy thirty and twenty five. Paul twenty six twenty nine. Mike twenty four and thirty one. All right, so we have six games to pick from. Um, all Sunday games except for tonight. So let's uh, lead us off. We got some one o'clockers on Sunday. The five and five Indianapolis Colts at the six and three Buffalo Bills. Buffalo minus seven. What do you think, Mike? I think Buffalo is uh, is going to win. I will lay those points, uh, especially being at Buffalo. Ah, uh, yes, in Buffalo. All right. Deuce is on the Bills laying seven. Paul, I am going to take the seven. I think Buffalo will win the game, but I'm looking for a backdoor cover. Yeah, I think so too. I think there is something about this Bills team that I, I don't want to lay a touchdown right now with the Bills. Not to the Colts, who were our middling team. So Paul and I are both going to take the Colts in seven points. Next, we have the eight and two Green Bay Packers at the four and five Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay minus two. Paul. I will take the Packers to keep their momentum going. I think the defense has played very well lately. <sighs> Only two points. Man, I would love to counter you and say, I think the Vikings are going to keep their momentum going, but I don't, think, I don't think they are. I think the Vikings are a better team than their record. You know what? They're in Minnesota. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a leap of faith here and take Minnesota. I'm going to take Green Bay, too. All right. That could be a bad one for me. Next, moving on to the 4 p.m. games. 5-4 and four Cincinnati Bengals at the 5-4 and four Las Vegas Raiders. Cincy minus one. Yeah, I like the uh, Bengals in this one. I think the Raiders are still uh, trying to figure out what, what their season is going to be. And until they know, they don't know. It's essentially a pick em. So that, Until they know, they don't know. I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, there's something about the Bengals being in Las Vegas that, that just mm, it tweaks me a little bit. I'm going to take the Raiders uh, at home. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals, too. I'm with Hardy uh, because um, Hardy's leading, so I'm going to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> the 7-2 and two Dallas Cowboys at the 6-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City minus 2.5. Deuce, back to you. I like Dallas. I mean, I think they're rolling right now. Uh, Kansas City getting back on track, but I, I th- I'm going to take the Cowboys. I am going to take Kansas City on a hunch. I think this is the game of the week, uh, one of the best games of the year. I'm looking forward to watching this one Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I th- I think the Chiefs at the, are at the point in the season where they are kind of figuring out they got to start playing well that that this is it do they do they really want to have this season you know turn into an embarrassment and getting beat at home by the cowboys would be an embarrassment for them they don't want that not that dallas is a bad team no but they don't want to lose to they don't want to lose to a uh, is there a bigger four o'clock game on sunday than this one no this is it so uh paul and one o'clock game either paul and i both taking the chiefs Sunday night football, 5-3-1 Steelers at the 5-4 Los Angeles Chargers. The lack minus 5.5. Pauly Paul. I'm going to take the lack. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh is that great when they're at full strength. They're still dealing with some COVID issues. Um, I will take the lack. Something about that 5.5 rubs me the wrong way. I think it's just I think it's a, a point or two too many. I don't love the Steelers right now, but I think they can cover that spread. I'll take Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm gonna take the lack at home. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just don't love Pittsburgh. That's fine. The six and four New England Patriots at the four and five Atlanta Falcons. New England minus seven and a half. Uh, seven and a half. That went up. That did go up. Yeah. I'll still take the Patriots. I'll take the Patriots to win tonight. Thirty-one uh, twenty. Ooh, nice. Uh, I will also take the Patriots. I, I think it's a low-scoring affair. I'm gonna say Patriots twenty to ten. Yeah, I'm going to make it unanimous. I think it's going to be kind of an ugly field goal-filled game, so good for you, Hardy, with Nick Folk. 26-13, Nangland. Put him on the good list right now. All right, uh, for everybody uh, involved with the Patriots pregame show, Fueled by Duncan, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, everybody who is listening, watching, called in, emailed in. We uh, hope that you will join us for a riveting post-game show that will go into the wee hours right after the game. We'll talk to you then. Can't wait. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.